Yes, uh, uh, you know, I'm Justin Bartha, uh, and we're doing uh, Below the Belts. I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure what you're doing on, on this show. <laughs> sounds, uh, sounds like you've got the comedy still. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. for your weekly eargasm and even in the city of cleveland ohio yours truly celebrity soto delivers for the millions and millions of b2b fans across the world <laughs> oh wait a minute al why would you have to be broadcasting from ohio well like, i am on like set of a very cool project and i i kind of joked uh you know, those little dad jokes when you post things. Keep it on the down lows. Kids are saying these days. Projects for lows, home improvement. Yeah. And Al, I heard we also have to bear with you on this one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think when I booked the lottery commercial and I had to be a little cryptic, Vinny gave me some tips. Uh, and that was to said I had a lotto fun, and I oh, scratched God. another commercial off the list. So there, there you go. You go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But we have to introduce the panel to our listening audience, right? So mm. let's start with uh, he is affectionately known as the once and future king, the last Numenorian, and also one true knight. He is actor Martin Lopez. Always glad to be back on the show. Fair warning, we may, not guaranteed, may get a surprise visit from Margot Robbie later. Margot Robbie! Oh, yeah! I like that, of course. Um, Well, you know, obviously, the Margot Robbie would be amazing. However, we have, you know, uh, someone who... She's a very close facsimile. Doppelganger, mm. right. It's a very close facsimile. <laughs> Especially with, with the uh, Harley Quinn attire. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to date her for a night. That was great. Nice. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I saw now Martin. I know what that's he, like. Now I know what that's like. He, Martin has been known to wear a Riddler outfit, so I don't know yeah. what I can trust here. Yeah. yeah. Though it kind of checks out with Harley I still, I still, I still have the jacket. Do you still have the Robin costume? Oh, you know it. I was tempted <laughs> to wear it, but I got it. And I think this is the first time we're having these two great uh, panelists on BTB together. Um, yeah. He is... He's got some great monikers as well. Also known as the Co-Star King, because all his awesome Co-Star roles. 
the one line wonder, <laughs> the one and only actor Vince Eisenson, aka Vinnie Mac. Great to be here as always. Good to see everybody. Yeah. Woo! Hey. <laughs> Good to have you on BTB. And last but certainly not least, from Russia with love, <laughs> the one and only, <laughs> the ravishing Russia, actress Anna Kuchma. Thank you so much, guys. Yes. I'm always happy to be here. Yes. You, um, you, you're, you join us from all over the place, whether yeah. it's New York, New Jersey, Canada, and now you're joining us in Florida? Yep. Nice. In Florida right now. Nice. This hot, is your... hot, hot. Hot, 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 hot. <laughs> yeah, yes. it was literally like 90 degrees out today. Like, it was Ooh, bad. wow. The opposite of where I am in, in Cleveland, Ohio, where it's mm-hmm. been uh, pouring rain. And uh, I'm sure uh, back home in the DMV might be very similar to up here in Ohio, perhaps. But Definitely. it's weirdish today. I was wearing a puffy vest and I was a little chilly. So that's kind of where we're at. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking cold in Baltimore. Oh, okay. It's cold <laughs> in Baltimore. Well, <laughs> hey, it's also cold in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, but yeah, you know what? Real quick, though, I had a chance to check out some of the sites. Uh, tomorrow I'll be checking out the the amazing Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is something I've always wanted to see in person. The, they have a museum here in Cleveland. But um, today I got to check out Machine Gun Kelly's coffee house 27 club coffee club 27 coffee that is and uh yeah i'm wearing the t-shirt um and um the coffee house honors some of the music icons that passed away at the age of 27 includes kurt cobain Jimi hendrix janice joplin amy winehouse and the doors jim morrison uh, to name a few um they actually had a, um, a mural um, of a very, uh, well, some of the contemporary artists that passed away young, not necessarily at the age of 27, like Mac Miller and, and Nipsey Hussle. But then on the left side, the, the 27 club members um, kind, of, kind of having a Last Supper dinner. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Who's in the middle? And, uh, you know, it was, you know, they, they had this really cool uh um, display uh, um, honoring Kurt Cobain. Apparently, I guess uh, Machine Gun Kelly looked up to Kurt Cobain, um, who was one of the Club uh, 27, and uh, got one of their signature signature coffees. Uh, did like a half and half of their pink latte and charcoal Diablo latte. Holy moly! Wow. So how was um, it? And it it was very tasty, very unique, and. Uh, it, I, <laughs> visually, it, it's it's a feast for the eyes because it's when you mix the two together, you have the black that rises to the top, and then you have the pink uh, color, which is like a beet milk, to give mm. it the, that that uh, pink hue uh, that, that that sinks to the bottom. So it's kind of like a bi level, um, almost like when you do an Irish card bomb, you know, and the the layers kind of uh, separate, you know. So it's kind hey, of that. My uh, people phenomenal. prefer you call them boiler makers. Okay, sorry, that's right. You are Irish. <laughs> Boilermaker. We, find, we don't find that drink name amusing. Okay, uh-huh. you got to be very. <laughs> you to be the very Irish cool. vehicle enhancer. Is that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Uh, and in Pittsburgh, you know, I checked out the Andy Warhol Museum, and I have to promote it. Thank you, um, 
um, the Carnegie Museum of Art uh, team that uh, took care of me for for uh, for um, checking it out, a media pass, if you will, to check out the Andy Warhol Museum. Um, I highly recommend um, the Andy Warhol Museum because it's it's unlike any museum out there, really, because it is number one. It's also de- dedicated to one single artistic genius that is Andy Warhol, and he's kind of like uh, the hero of Pittsburgh. You know, he was uh, he's an artistic icon. And it's a seven-floor museum, and you kind of go on each floor is a different decade. Hmm. So you start with his early chi- early years, childhood, to young adult's life in the 50s, and then you go to the 60s, and then the 70s, and then the 80s. Uh, and, of course, sadly, um, Andy Warhol died uh, unexpectedly, unexpectedly. Uh, in the year 1987, due to a gallbladder surgery that went wrong, but uh, oh shit, yeah, he would have been like 95 years old uh, if he was still alive today. Um, um, but uh, yeah, drugs would have got him earlier. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I still sad. Style, he wouldn't see a 90. <laughs> R.I.P. Andy. Oh, we lost Al. I think the. Well, just continue with the conversation. The heat of the moment. My, my joke yeah. broke broke the pod. You broke him. Anna, do you have any uh, thoughts on Andy Warholder? Not too much. I mean, brilliant, great, great, uh, amazing. I don't know. Uh, I'm not big into that stuff. All I th- I All just right. think of the Campbell soup. Martin, I'm sure knows more than I do. No, Zen, screw that. We can just go back to MGK. Do we have confirmation that him and Megan Fox broke up yet? I think so. Right. I think he was all over like TikTok and you Right. Know. But I'm a chivalrous man and I don't want to call her until I know she's sick. Yeah. Would like to know <laughs> if that is now or not. Well, I'd, I'd give her a little bit of time before calling her, I'd say, you know, a little grieving period. Well, Andy Warhol would have been 95 uh, today if he was still alive. Um, but uh, an icon nonetheless, the Andy Warhol Museum, a must-see for anybody, anyone that visits the Pittsburgh area. They also have the Carnegie Museum of Art. They also have the Carnegie Natural History Museum. Um, and, of course, yes, I know that our Baltimore Ravens are a big rival of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I won't hold that against uh, the city of Pittsburgh. Um, it, they've been treating me very well. Um, also enjoyed working um, with a great team at Bayer um, Corporate Headquarters in Pittsburgh for another project yesterday. So by chance, I had two back-to-back uh, projects in this region. Uh, first, Pittsburgh with the Bayer uh, project and uh, tomorrow working the Lowe's project. So there you go. Um, commercial king is now the the prince of print is that what we're going with <laughs> the, the print prince print, yeah. they submit me they want i mean if they want to you know i'm happy to work if, if a client wants to work with me i'm happy to 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 do the job okay yeah i i don't i mean because they're really using the word model like dude i don't model like come on <laughs> i mean come on i'm an actor I'm a brand actor. ambassador he's the face of the yeah. brand Brandon. I don't know. Was, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of, but you know, um, a lot of fun, a lot of fun on set today and uh, look forward to uh, some fun tomorrow. So, uh, but yeah, I figured, yeah, let's start with uh, everything going on. In the oh, wonderful really quick, entertainment. Yeah. On commercials. Have you ever booked, has anybody, cause you guys are actually, anybody booked a commercial without knowing what it was and was very surprised when you got there? 
Oh, uh, not, not as a principal, as a background, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got conned into this one. So this was the studio I worked for before. I knew these people. Like, so they called me like late Friday for a commercial shoot Sunday. And the guy's like, I know it's last minute, but it's really good money. I think we'll be able to bang it out in like three hours, no problem. I'm like, fine, I got, you know, three hours to whatever. Long story short, it was like an ad campaign to vote for some a politician who I would never have supported in real life. I had like all the cliches that you like expect. <laughs> like, did you know that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, this is awful. And I didn't feel like I could say no. Cause there's 12 other people there whose job depends on me doing the shoot. So I'm like, ah, <laughs> and I told everybody get... for the next week, like, I do not support this dude. I do not, I don't like this guy. <laughs> I am surprised they didn't give you a heads up lately. I've seen political um, spots where they need actors and they, you know, either, Add a disclaimer, the views uh, of this particular spa do not necessarily affect the rest of the, the casting, right. you know, so on and so forth. But I'm surprised they didn't give you a heads yeah. up. Yeah. Wow, they did that. It's a good cover, head- though, because then you can make the money and you don't have to deal with the fallout. You could just say you didn't know. If they believe you. If they believe you. Right. <laughs> like half the world will think you did it before you get a chance to reply. <laughs> oh, my God. Done dirty there. All right. Well, uh, all the controversy. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I not to go into this. Yeah. I did have a, an audition to be a spokesperson for a major brand, and they wouldn't tell me what it was. Uh, I went to the interview, what? and apparently the job was uh, dressing up as Ronald McDonald in front of a McDonald's, like just on the street. So <laughs> I thought a little bait and switched on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't get the job. I maybe they could tell I was not. Yeah, also, happy not super important. enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's enthusiasm right oh, there. Yeah. Um since we're all actors in this uh, panel today here on BTB, anybody have any um thing to promote or plug? We always like to start out with that. Yeah, so apparently none of us are working actors. Well, so. yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a supporting actor, you know. I'd like to promote myself. Actors. I'm available for any jobs. Oh, that's, so that's fine. I'm on uh, I'm on WBAL on Friday. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. For some, it's like some infomercial thing. Like I okay. like I don't I don't even speak. I'm assuming there's a product and they're gonna do something to my face. That's what I know. Okay, okay. so this is for the local maybe, listeners. WBA yeah, maybe I'll have to live on that too. Be like, yeah, it's fantastic. I've used it for like 12 years. Nice. Okay, this is a uh, the local local NBC or local CBS, I believe. WBL. One of the two. WBL. Yeah. Morning yeah. news spot. So if you're up with nice. coffee on Friday, you may see a lot of this. Okay. Get All right. Coffee. Yes. Yes. The once a future king. Hell yeah. Uh, check him out. All right. Well, cool. Well, I, I figured it, why not? Let's just talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. Lots of cool headlines. We'll talk about the SAG Awards, latest episode of uh, The Last of Us, which I'm really thoroughly enjoying. I'm all caught up, Martin. I know I was a little behind last you. time. I don't believe you. I, I am caught up. I am caught up. So You've here we go. You've never been caught up on a show in your entire life. <laughs> I am this time, I promise. So here we go with everything in the world of entertainment. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, let's talk about the box office. So, although Ant-Man 
three was the number one movie at the box office. Close behind, sniffing that trail was uh, Cocaine Bear, <laughs> uh, which uh, earned an impressive $23 million for our opening weekend. Far exceeded expectation. Who knew? I love that the it, Did anybody see it? I haven't seen it yet. It, it, no. I want to. I want to see Cocaine Bear. Let's let's I go see. To. Let's do do a yeah. uh, SAG movie night. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and call him out right now. This seems yes. like a good time. So a buddy, eh, a connection of mine. Oh, I is, know is in the movie. Is yes. in the movie. And right when the trailer came out, I wrote him a, a message and I said, "Hey, name of actor. Congrats. The trailer looks killer because he's in the trailer like twice." I and I was like, "Dude, we want to get you on Below the Belt show to promote this thing." And uh, Scott, oh, I mean, we'll call him Sam, hasn't responded to my message yet. Oh, man. Have, we go like, Hollywood. He's too high on Hollywood right he's now. He's Hollywood. Man. See, some people go too Hollywood, man. You gotta yeah. remember your people. Make it yeah. worse. I heard that about that guy. I heard he was kind of Hollywood. Yeah. He's a Baltimore guy. He's a, he's a Baltimore dude. Went to Towson. I wish yeah. him all the best, but he should respond to my message. Yes. I mean, that, that would be the respectful thing to do, right? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. I'll, um, I'll, I'll see if I can reach out to somebody too. Then maybe if they're free. Oh yeah. I, I, I don't want. Cocaine I don't wanna, bear. No, no, but still someone who would be relevant to, to you guys. Oh wow, okay. Just somebody who does cocaine. That's close. Oh uh, well, uh, you know what? Almost everybody does cocaine because okay. cocaine is uh, actually coke plus champagne, right? Oh uh, lord, I haven't heard. <laughs> that is. I don't. Crazy. I don't know anybody, Al. You're getting no guests out of me. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, um, the thing about uh, Ant-Man, even though it was the number one movie, it dropped 69% um, from from the opening weekend. Not a great um, sign. Not a great sign because, you know, um, is Marvel still the juggernaut it was? I mean, since nope. since Endgame, there hasn't been uh, – uh, oh, well, actually, no. Since uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home um, – <laughs> There hasn't been a, a huge blockbuster. You know, people have got a little. Maybe people are kind of just jaded from the superhero genre. I don't know what it is, I don't, but I don't uh, think that's these. They went political. Phase uh, was all identity politics, and like, yeah, believe whatever you want to believe, but like, leave art as art. Hmm. Which one is Phase Four? Are we talking about post Endgame? Yeah. Oh, okay. Post yeah, I mean, I didn't really yeah. see anything post Endgame, so post Endgame. A lot of it's on Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah, and yeah a lot so of, you're, three or four right, Disney Plus. And what's interesting is like they 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 built the films predicated on knowledge from those things. Like if somebody didn't see the series, they're like there's scenes that won't make sense, which I thought was a bit of an ask. Yeah, interesting. Um, but uh, the number three movie is uh, for you uh, Christians and Catholics out there is uh, Jesus Revolution. Of course, might be celebrating the Lenten period right now. It's a religious drama from Lionsgate. Uh, debuted at 15.5 million. Um, yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, I have, I'm not even familiar with it either. Um, if it's anything positive, it'll be like the first pro-Christianity movie in like 15 years. Like, <laughs> it hasn't been one in a while, right? Yeah. No, I think it's a faith-positive movie because it's, it's mostly I, faith. I can't remember the, the last one I remember was. The Passion of Christ, Passion which of Christ. cracked the world in half, right? People are like yeah. weeping in the theaters. And Passion yeah. 2 is greenlit, right? I'm sure you're sure Passion 2, <laughs> seriously, is in production. It's <laughs> really titled The Return. The Return. 
starts starts half, three days later. Christians, so you only watch half of the movie, right? I only watch half of the movie. That's right. <laughs> the Jewish side Spoiler of the alert. Watch the second. Yes. It's a good Jewish movie. Jesus. Come on. Uncut Gems was the last good Jewish movie. We need we Which, need another one. That was great. Film, by the way, it was very good. Yeah. I mean, I was surprised at how good that was. Mm. Oh, you great. know what? I I watched it, the screening with the with the sag and everything. I didn't love it. It was okay. Understand? It was not something that seemed like everybody would enjoy. Definitely. But that's the I, thing. I'm a I'm a sports person. I I used to be a sports agent at some. What are you talking so. about? Hustle or Uncut Gems? Both Adam Hustle, Sandler. I think you're alluding but, to, right? But, Hustle's but I, the basketball oh, one. Oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Uncut Gems is the the jeweler. Right. It also had a basketball player in it, so. Yeah, that's why. Adam I think. Sandler. Adam Sandler's the problem. Yeah, well, that's what it looks like. No, no, it, I don't. I don't think it was even that. It was something about it that didn't gel. It wasn't like the acting was fine, you know. Like, I, I, I can't pinpoint it right now because it was a few years back, but. It was just something was missing for me. Like I didn't mm. leave the theater satisfied, even though it was like okay. a Q and A afterwards with the with all the actors and the director and everything. But I was just like, eh, a little mm. dry. I agree. Like, I expected more. Yeah, the movie itself didn't blow me away. The artistic choices, the directing, certain scenes. Like it, for me, it was more artistically impressive than it was entertaining. But man, did I see the art they put into it. And that's that. I just didn't expect that out of a Sandler flick about bad gambling and basketball. Yeah. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. Wow. They they went for whatever they were going for. They really went for it. Yeah. And I respected that. Um, but if you didn't, if you weren't into it, it would suck. Like, it's the kind of thing where if you're not going on that train, you're not going to have fun. No, <laughs> you, you go on the train, but I feel like it just didn't gel as one. There was some things just like missing. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's something like like I, I liked it enough to say yeah I'll watch it again but I'm not gonna recommend it to someone else. Okay, mm, Just, fair enough. Fair enough. And, even though I, I, I and I did work on, on it as a I, and I worked on on uncut gems actually as, as oh the TV. truth comes out you didn't have fun on set that's why you I like did it. actually I mean you can only see my back <laughs> I don't know why but no no Adam they Sandler got my he, featured scene I'm so bummed I they they had a fake airplane in studio. And I was in the row right be- right behind Adam, and they told me to look out the window. <laughs> well, no, you, you could so see me in the movie. Which is the back of me, but still. Yeah. I'm, I'm so. the girl on crutches. The other. It's such a dick direction. They literally told you to look out the window. Yeah. That's fucked, that's fucked up. It's like, we're getting too much up. of your face on camera. If you could just look Seriously. away. Seriously. So like, look that sounds like a commercial, the... you know, like, like, please just make sure we don't get you in focus, right? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> it's horrible. It's like the opposite of the commercial. They want me for these commercials, but yet they, for a film, they, they with Adam Sandler, tell me to look out the goddamn window. So, But that was direction. I, I mean, uh, the director's choice, not you. Not, you didn't do anything wrong. No, it's, it's, not, it's not you. It's you that as an actor. You know, it's like, yeah, like, face. <laughs> I appreciate the, the confidence, yeah. guys. Well, um, like I said, I, I, instead of me being walking towards and seeing mm-hmm. my face, they're like, Oh yeah, walk away from camera. So I'm like, yo, really? <laughs> like I'm on crutches and I gotta walk away from camera? Yeah, no. God. As if you didn't I, have enough of, you know, a struggle already with crutches. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Plus, I Crazy. stayed in holding for like ever, and then they, they used me for like, I don't know, half. The an truth hour. comes out. Thank you for yeah. confessing why no, you no, don't but, like the movie. Okay. No, no, but that's that's the thing. I thought I was gonna like it because it seemed like it was something up my alley. You know? Yeah. All right. Uh, finishing Maybe up the top five. 
<laughs> maybe two, maybe two. Um, the fourth and fifth uh, films, um, Avatar, still hanging in there, guys. Another 4.7 million. Of course, it's already reached uh, the 1.6 billion worldwide mark. Um, so it's uh, definitely in the top, top movies. And the Puss in Boots movie. Movie three, he becomes a firebender. Movie four, he becomes an earthbender. Wow. Okay, you already you already know you already know how it's gonna go. No, I'm just making fun of it using the last Airbender stereotype. Okay. <laughs> but like, like really, if, if there's four movies and like you know there's four elements, he's already got air and water covered. Odds are the other two are earth Ooh, and fire. Earth and fire. Okay. Right. All right. And what about the fifth one? Because there is a there is a fifth movie. Space. Well, oh, love, see, right? Is love to, the fifth? Yeah, according to Captain Planet, the fifth ring is heart. Heart. There you go. Heart. Okay. Which I, which I heard some com- comic make fun of. It's hilarious. Like as soon yeah. as cell phones came out, that kid was useless to the team. Like his yeah. only power was to get everybody to talk to each other. As soon as you have a phone, <laughs> like you gotta explain to the kid he's not part of Captain Planet anymore because yeah. his ring is useless. <laughs> um, just a tidbit on cocaine bear. Um, well, it wasn't an actual bear. It was a CG bear, guys. It was a motion capture actor uh, by Alan Henry. Um, and the bear did look realistic, uh, and despite, despite the cocaine rage and everything, um, <laughs> um, but, uh, um, Henry, Alan Henry is a motion, motion capture veteran who had actually, uh, portrayed a lot of motion captured characters in Planet of the Apes trilogy. Um, and, um, he said he had to study, um, bears and television, um, and, uh, apparently, in portraying Koki, had to um, where is it? There's a particular bear that he emulated. It was pretty funny, and I lost the spot. But uh, um, it was a Disney bear um, from. Uh, hang on. Well, okay, so so okay, so this is it. So basically, he looked at uh, bears that have been in the media, like the bear from The Revenant. But he worked on Jungle Book. And um, he looks. He looked at what he had done with Baloo for the sequences. So that's where he got a lot of his uh, inspiration movement for was uh, was Baloo from the Jungle hmm. Book. The um, wow. Okay, yeah, a cartoon from like the '60s or '70s. I or... think this is gonna be the was because it was motion capture. It was uh, the um, oh the new like, Jungle Book. The newer. Um, oh, okay. Well, they say live action, but still a oh, CG yeah. feast. The John Favreau <laughs> Jungle Book, yeah. John, the John Favreau, yeah. I liked right. it, man. I thought that shit was good. It was nope. good. It was one of the better um, Strength Disney of the remakes, Wolf wasn't it? The pack. It was definitely one of the better Disney reboots, for sure. <laughs> um, reviews are in for Creed 3, um, and they're pretty good. That's a uh, movie that comes out uh, this weekend. Apparently, um, if Creed 3 turns out to be anything... Uh, to be like the last Creed movie, which is also well-reviewed, it proves to be a satisfi- satisfying finale. But if not, it keeps the bar high. So if they want to go on, an, on a good note, maybe this is the end of the trilogy. But if they want to keep going, they have a lot yeah. you know, to work on well, uh, to get it to that same. Ones. Like, Stallone didn't have a lot to do with this movie, I guess. Not I guess at all. Michael not at B. all. And Michael B. Jordan actually directed it. Imagine yeah. being, you know, boxing. In a scene with Jonathan Majors and also having the direct, I can't imagine how, how do some actors do that? The actor directors that they're also in the movie. I don't know how that happens. Yeah. I was talking to a guy who did it like two weeks ago and I'm like, so did you like run back and check the monitor? after? Right. 
because you'd be there forever, right? You'd never get things right. done. Says, you just How does it happen? Her. He well, says you well, just let's... gotta trust your DP too. Like you got yeah. you gotta pick a guy who you trust, and on your scenes, you just you let him do it. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember Edward Norton. He directed uh, Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, Motherless Brooklyn. Motherless Brooklyn. And yeah. I worked on that movie for a bunch of days. I'm trying mm. to remember how he do it. He would not really look at the at how it came out. He would just do a lot of takes until he was happy with it. Until yeah. he got it when he was actually acting in the scene. Oh. Yeah, I mean the one benefit is you can kind of control the scene cuz you're in it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if exactly. you really want something mm-hmm. out of the other actor, well, yeah, you can get it because you're right there in the scene. Yeah. It's like you cut out the middleman. <laughs> okay, that's one way of thinking about no, it. No, it's wow. like you're not having to communicate with the lead, you know, an actor. You are the actor, so you just yeah. Have to, yeah. I was just thinking of that scene because we were we were inside the subway and inside of the train, actually train car, and so it was so intimate, even though there was so many people inside, and until he was like perfect. That's when we moved on, you know. Oh, interesting. And it wasn't too many takes either. Hmm. Okay. Oh, interesting. All and right. I believe that was his first time directing as well. That's he might have been right. keeping the faith. Did he do keeping the faith? I'm gonna look it up. No. While we move on, I'll look that up. There you go. And let's move on. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as you know, Shazam: Fury of the Gods is coming out soon as well. And apparently, uh, David Sandberg, the director, talked about it because you know, as you know. Um, James Gunn is rebooting the entire DCU and people want to know what's going to go happen with Shazam. You know, are they going to just write off Shazam or it's going to continue? Um, Apparently he answered one fan who said, David, I don't feel like watching the movie because of the drama happening around DC. It's killing the vibe of the film. There's a lot of uncertainty about DC's future. Just give us an answer whether Shazam will have a role in the future DCU. And Sandberg replied. Definitely won't if people don't go see the movie. Ah. What I've been told is that there's nothing in the Shazam films that contradict the future plans for DC. So the possibility for more Shazam is there. And if that's what you want, your best bet is to go see the film. That is a masterful non-answer. He did not answer that question. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, why would you? It's like nobody's going to greenlight nine films. You're going to at this point, if the movie makes money, they make more. That's pretty much it. So, I mean, if Shazam tanks, I don't even know when that's coming out. But if the next one tanks, they're done. Why would they yeah, make more? It, yeah, let's I hope, hope it doesn't. It doesn't. I, yeah, because I mean, Zachary Levi did a great job, and, and the first, you know, Shazam movie was a lot of fun. Black Adam was, you know, was like, I enjoyed it, but that didn't do well in the box yeah. office, despite despite you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Black Adam wasn't as good as Lightning from My Hands. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't as good. It didn't have that same. I, I just recently watched Black Adam. I, I I liked it. It was entertaining. I mean, it wasn't like oh my gosh, but it it was inter- right. entertaining. Okay, there you go. Now you know. I gotta say, I never saw Shazam, but Al, I think you were there that day when we did BG. For yes, the light, we did BG. Yes, so I saw Zach Levi Are did that. He, he does that like we, forty times. Yeah, just sitting shot there watching it, filming it on right. a flip phone or whatever. Right I'm so the, happy uh, right now. I'm so I love that you're in that scene. I gotta yeah. actually watch it at some point. We'll see yeah. uh, myself, Vinnie Mac, and Lucky Easily Harman. My favorite scene. Is my favorite scene in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> Lucky Harmon is yeah. businessman number one. According he's, singing, to... he's singing it to the, the Rocky theme song, so he's like hyping himself up. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He's singing you're it to right. Eye of the Tiger, lightning from. That was a fun day in Philadelphia. 
I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, working on that film. All right, what movies do we have in production? Well, um, Jenna Ortega, no surprise, has signed on to a new film with Barry Keoghan. Wow, this girl is just her star power just um, just shot to the sky, really. Um, and we don't know much about the film; it's untitled. But uh, the director's name is Trey Edward Schultz, and apparently it'll be a script that he penned with The Weeknd, Abel Tesfaye. The, uh, the Weeknd is now acting. He's got that uh, yeah. new series on HBO coming out, which looks, looks really good. I can't wait to see that one. But, I got you uh, on this, Al. The movie is all about cashing in on Miss Ortega. That's what it is. They're riding the wave. They're going to throw something up on the screen. They're going to make some cash. That's right. what the movie is about. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, exactly. she's not that bad looking. She can act, so yeah. Why not? <laughs> she crushed Wednesday. She Very crushed cool. an iconic role, man. Good for her. That gets you work. Yep. Absolutely. Of course, she's got Scream coming out too. Scream Six. Mm-hmm. So, um, Peter Pan and Wendy just dropped um their trailer. So this is the next thing on my list is Disney Plus. Uh, that's going to drop on April twenty eighth, <laughs> and um, go with the typical Disney. You know some. Some, uh, you know, um, diversity added to the uh, the characters that we remember. Tinkerbell's not the Tinkerbell you remember, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. That's that Disney. Disney wants to to do uh, to as long to... as Dante Basco's in it. <laughs> Dante Basco's not in it, sadly. Oh. That would be great if he was. I think I think yeah. overall uh, Disney. I mean, Disney, Apple Apple Plus actually is doing a really good job, going strong. They're going strong as opposed to Disney. Yes. I got some Apple stuff that's coming up. Um, I can't wait for Mandalorian season three that drops on Wednesday, March 1st, um, midnight. Midnight tomorrow. Yeah. Midnight tomorrow for Pacific time, 3 a.m. for East coast. So if you're on 3 a.m. or just watch it first thing in the morning, it's okay. Um, but because we're, uh, Recording I'm so movie. excited. I, I, just I am excited. very excited. <laughs> I'm lose control and I think I like it. I thought that was okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We got Grogu. We got Din Djarin back. Again, Pedro Pascal is the top TV actor right now with The Last of Us and Mandalorian. He, dropping, he can't uh, stop hitting home runs. Yes. He, was in, he was in Narcos too. Yes. And then he got to play the Prince of Dorne in Game of Thrones for... Yes. for just, Martell. Just, yeah, I can't remember the time he was anything that was even like moderately successful. It's nothing but fucking home run after home. Right. They realize that guy's potential. And yes. I'm lying. Wonder Woman 1984. Never mind. Oh yeah. wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> despite uh, despite lying back with Vince Eisenson's uh, roles uh, in uh, Wonder Woman 1984, yes, it left much to be desired. That was. Vinnie Mac, you were the hailing the. Hailing the cab guy, you tried to seduce. Oh, sorry, trying to ask Gal Gadot to Wonder Woman to share a cab with you, right? Share a cab. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So don't blame me for the tanking of that film. <laughs> I Had she gotten the cab, I think it would have been a very different. Movie. There you go. There. You go. And uh, Pedro Pascal. Fun fact: the first thing I saw him in was Hamlet at the Shakespeare Theater right down the road before oh, he was anybody special. He played. Horatio in Hamlet here in DC. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. 
He was Ooh, nobody, shit. but I remembered his name. I was like, that's a cool name, Pedro oh, Pascal. Okay. Hamlet right now. We're talking about that in class tomorrow. Good job. Right. There you go. Mention that. You'll get some cool points. There you go. So uh, what can we expect in uh, The Mandalorian? Well, um, Din Djarin, of course, Grogu chose uh, The Mandalorian over Luke Skywalker. Um, Luke, I'm sure, is very sour grapes, but that's okay. Um, they're going to go to The Mandalorian Homeworld. Uh, and of course, Din Djarin wants forgiveness for his transgressions. As you know, he took off his helmet, and that's um, a rule uh, that you do not want to break um, that code of, of revealing yourself. You can only take your mask off if no one else is around. That's the rule. And the armor, who we've had on Below the Belt show, Emily Swallow, yep. uh, tells Din Djarin that he can gain redemption by bathing in the living waters beneath the mines of Mandalore. So they're going to explore that option uh, for possibly Din Djarin to have forgiveness for taking off his helmet. So, uh, yeah, can't wait to see that. Uh, that's going to be really cool. Um, wow, we're in good mode. We're uh, we're getting through this list because I know uh, – People got early call times tomorrow, so we're gonna we're gonna hear that. Um, what's going on on Netflix? Well, um, <clears throat> if you like the romantic comedies, Brooke Shields is making a comeback. Yes. I haven't seen Brooke Shields in something in a long time, but do you really uh, want to see her in in a romantic comedy? Uh, well, is she playing the mother or the I would imagine the mother. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Back that's fine. Day, maybe. Um, she still looks stunning for her age. I mean, let's not let's oh. get twisted, but. Uh, Brooke Shields, Miranda Cosgrove, and Benjamin Bratt will star in Mother of the Bride. So, yes, she is the mother. Uh, okay. There <laughs> we go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Again, Brooke Shields, don't recall her in anything in a long time. So, that's kind of cool. Uh, Outer Banks, season Lips. three, dominated the Netflix top 10. Um, anyone on Outer Banks fan? I know they're shooting. Uh, I, I, I haven't watched it. I really liked season one. Season two was very mediocre. So I don't know if I'm going to do the season three. You're not, you're yeah. not going to continue. Yeah, season one I thought was really solid. Season two bummed me out. Ah, okay. Wasn't a BTB a guest host on season two? Yeah. And that would be John Alonzo. Yeah. yeah the right. had, uh, he had one line uh, in oh, okay. uh, one of the episodes. He was uh, one of the a prisoners. In the was... hospital or something? Yeah, he, yeah, he was in the prison hospital. Yeah. He was in the... As a facility, out the facility and he was a bad yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to John Alonzo for booking that role. Um, as you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be in his first television role ever, script television role on Netflix. Mm. It's called Fubar. It's a good title. So, yeah. It's a father daughter CIA spy adventure show. Mm. And the lovely girl uh, from Top Gun Maverick. Monica Barbaro plays his daughter. Um, you might know her as, I think, the only um, female naval pilot in Top Gun Maverick. Um, hmm. So that'll be an interesting team up where both of them don't know that they, they that the father doesn't know that the daughter works for CIA and vice versa. So it's like a kind of a big uh, WTF moment, you know. But hey, you know, I think it's I think Arnold took a note from his buddy Sly Stallone and figured, you know, hey, you know. I'll be back on TV, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know why not? <laughs> I can take those Benjamins. Right, not television's cool. I mean, there was one point when, yeah, you're a movie star, and the TV star was kind of looked like an afterthought. Yeah, before. Not yeah, anymore. the '80s were totally like that, right? Like if you were yes. good, you were in Hollywood, and TV was like the B leagues. 
Right. And, you know, who's to say it would change it? Like maybe The Sopranos. The Sopranos is like the first big show where like Gandolfini signed for thirty million. Right. You know, and that that was fuck you money. Like that was A list Hollywood money. So absolutely, you're absolutely right. Yep. And um, last Netflix bit is, wow, Nick Offerman joining the Umbrella Academy. Of course, he had a great role in The Last of Us, Episode 3. And uh, he's doing more drama roles. I mean, he he really knocked knocked that role out of the park in The Last of Us. And um, we don't know what role he'll be playing in uh, the fourth and final season of Umbrella Academy. But he's also joining Megan Mullally and David Cross. So. Uh, I love David Cross too. As I say, like he's he looks like a doomsday survivor though. I mean, like nothing yeah. against his acting, it was superb. But I'm just saying he had a lot to he had a lot to go into that role with. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And That's let's umbrella this is, a, this is a great uh, segue to um, HBO Max and The Last of Us. So we just saw episode seven, which um yeah, I mean it was a fantastic episode. It was um. A backstory of how Ellie got bit, and um, her uh, friend um, Riley, played by Storm Reed, you might know her as Zendaya's sister in Euphoria. Um, um, friend, Al. Oh, friend, or maybe not, maybe a little more friend. than a friend, maybe a little more mm-hmm. than a friend. They I shared a little kiss on the show, Al. Yes, I have. But the thing is, is that Ellie's character is fourteen, and. Is that appropriate? I, I don't know. I, uh, I, maybe I shouldn't go there. But anyways, they do kiss in the, in the episode. Um, Storm reads Riley and Bella Ramsey's Ellie. And um, they thought the mall was abandoned. And uh, the ma- <laughs> it, it was a very lighthearted episode at first. They're, mm. they're through the entire mall. Um, apparently, it was the best night of their lives. They find some alcohol. They drink some alcohol. They get on the merry-go-round. They they play Mortal Kombat. And apparently, like Mortal Kombat Two, it was a Mortal Kombat Two. Riley knew Mark all the, the the fatality finishers. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there is one soul-infected guy that's in there that they didn't know about that got to them and bit both of them. And we know what happens when you're bit, but we do know that Ellie has survived. And obviously, you know, uh, her girl, Riley, did not survive, obviously. But um, it was interesting because they they did that backstory. But at the same time, we, we still want to know what happened to Joel, Pedro Pascal's Joel, because he looked like he, uh, you know, after after getting shot, Martin, he looked looked like he was done, right? I mean, uh, until uh, Ellie was able to find some some thread to stitch him up. So that was, uh, wow, just very good timing, I guess, that she was able to, to find some some stitching, uh, stitching, uh, whatever you call it, stitching thread. <laughs> to, to, I didn't think about that. That was convenient that she just happened to have like a thread and like a curved needle floating around. <laughs> right, I mean, right. He probably, he probably had a first aid kit in his pack. Joel's always fucking prepared. He's always prepared. Yeah. She didn't look around though. I mean, it was a house technically, you know. It's yeah. it's possible. Plausible. I think this show has the it's gonna it's gonna win some awards, guys. I really I really believe it will. Oh, it's okay, without as somebody who's only seen the pilot, <clears throat> tell me on this real quick, because I mean it was yeah. fine, but I'm like, I we've already done the Walking Dead. What you just described as the flashback to when she got bit sounds identical to let the right one in episode six where we flash back to when a character named ellie got bit 
I'm not oh. going to talk about that too much, but it's the wow. same thing. But vampires. It's like, yeah, and it's like we've done the video games. So why? I even thought the camera work was, frankly, a little annoying in the pilot. So it was. That while goes I, did, I liked it, but I was like, okay, can we either get a tripod or settle on a camera style here? Because wow. anyway, so sell me on why this show is so popular and good. Uh, you guys, sell me on it. I've only wow. seen the pilot. Okay, here's, here's, Martin. Yeah, go ahead first. Here's what I would say. Uh, I enjoyed The Walking Dead, but it definitely got stale. And I felt like the earlier seasons were better set up, better framed, better shot. This is like the best seasons of The Walking Dead. Like it's really, really well done. The storytelling is also good. Solid writing, solid acting, solid directing. Like each episode, you emote a little bit more. I'm vested in the characters. They do a good job of showing both a plausible view of humanity in the situation whilst fleshing out a fantastic world that can't exist. Like I, I have a, a, like a lot of positive things to say about outside of just enjoying the show. But I think like as, as an actor in industry, you'll appreciate how they tell a story. And, and there's not too much quiet space. You kind of keep going yeah. like, like a good book. You're just kind of turning one and, page uh, to another. Very efficient storytelling. And mm-hmm. I, okay, I will go back to it. I, I liked it. Fi- you know, I liked it. I just but you know, kind of got the, away from it. Vince, you bring up a good point because I started watching Station 13, and that was like reminiscent of Last of Us completely. Oh. Mm. Station well, Last or, or, yeah. or a pandemic of what's happening, you know. Yeah, virus, exactly. you There's know. been a fair amount of those shows. And there was Utopia, which I kind of mm-hmm. liked, actually. That yeah, was another too. like virus. They canceled just... Utopia. Sadly. Yeah, and I was yeah. so sad. Yeah. So good. But this but, one, I think... They have source material, and they already have a fan base. So I think that, that was the second thing I was going to say. Yes, fan base, for sure, a huge fan base. And even me, yeah. I I I don't play video games like crazy, but I played that right. game, and oh. I loved the game, and it was super awesome. So just to see it come to life mm-hmm. and depiction, like I couldn't remember exactly what the story was, but I remember there was a, you know, a male and 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 a, and a kid. I couldn't mm-hmm. remember the reason why they were walking, but. <clears throat> This was, this this was just like go back to the I think this is two thousands maybe. Okay. So, Definitely worth so, a look. So nostalgia and uh, oh, okay. Like like how about this? Uh, if I had to compare it to like almost Mandalorian, even though I didn't know what I was getting myself into, it was enjoyable. But I feel like even this one is better than Mandalorian. Wow, wow, bold words. Okay. And, and I'll have you know, Margot Robbie is a huge Last of Us fan. Yes. And she said right. the show was like incredibly faithful to the game. So they finally bought an intellectual property that somebody cared about and didn't. There you go. Yes uh, and no. I think there there is. I, I was listening behind the scenes and it was the episode, um, maybe third or fourth, when they get to uh, which city where they're hunting the two guys. That was not part of the game. It's not going to go exactly. Yeah, they're going to add and, things. And, and they explained yeah, that they, they want they wanted to show the level of humanity. Yes. And and, and to show the characters, build the, the characters a little That's bit. That's why they did with Nick Nick Offerman in episode three. That was completely yep. expanded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was really yeah. good, and 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 it can it 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 added to the story. So we didn't just jump from one thing yeah. to another. There was some obstacles in how they were able to get away from them and other characters so it was kind of cool i mean from one side i don't understand why we needed those characters because they were in and then they were just gone you know wow. and it was actually very traumatic 
I don't want to give away if somebody didn't see it. Right. But, uh, it what happened to those, char- to those characters? I did not expect that. And I was like, whoa, you know, prepare us for next time. <laughs> but it was pivotal for what happened for them to move on. So definitely. That's a beautiful episode. Yeah. Everyone loved it except for Chachi. I don't know. He's, you know. <laughs> because it didn't stay true to the game, I think that's probably the reason. Uh, he said it was boring. <laughs> he said it was boring. And, oh, I, I and love he, the. He, he didn't like watching two men make out for. That's a Chachi McFly thing. Oh, <laughs> that part are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was the end of the world. Who cares? Yeah. I had I won't even weigh in too much because I haven't seen it, but that was I, I've heard that that backlash as well, and I heard somebody say, "Well, if I wanted to watch two guys make out, I'd go watch uh, Brokeback Mountain." I'm like, "Well, first of all, the fact that there's only one thing that comes to mind when you think of two guys making yeah. out probably tells you there's not that much content. So I think we can handle <laughs> one more or many more, <laughs> right? You know, no, so, but it was content. They definitely tied that whole thing in, and no, it makes jumped. sense, and and and, and it, it it brings the story to continuation because they no. go back to that place. It helps them so no. much. Sure. Well, no. and I was saying to Al before, the opposite of what I was just complaining about, like with Marvel and Disney, that needs to like beat you over the head with like right. as somebody as as an empowered woman does something, she needs to say this is what strong women do. Just like right. this episode, they didn't really like. You don't get their identification. You don't get their orientation. It's just a really, really good story about yeah. people that happen to be gay. And it's yeah. so much better for yeah. the movement. Like, you, it humanizes them. Forced. It lets people see you, you know. Some dude didn't come out of that house in, like, a pink shirt just being like, boy, I just love penises. It was a real person. And you cared about the person right. as yeah. opposed to having, Absolutely. like, you know, the yeah. thing you're supposed to, like, thrown in your face. And it stuck true to source material. The the character that uh, Nick Offerman played was a gay gay character. So there you go. You know, yeah. so that, that's... A lot of emotion. That's a, yeah. A lot of emotion. Let me say All for right. the record, I love Brokeback Mountain. So nobody come out. Oh, there you go. It was a great movie. It's a great movie. There you go. I watched it in the theaters, baby. Me too. Nice. All right, let's go. But I missed the first 20 minutes. I have still... I've still yet to watch Ted Lasso. They just the, dropped a long trailer. No, no. I haven't watched it yet. I just never got yes. into it. But dude, I, and I know Martin, you're, you're a big soccer uh, soccer aficionado. So I'm and I you have to be. I grew up in Indiana. Right. Dude. So you, yeah, you, you I, I lived Ted Lasso. No, and but I, you don't I was wondering, oh. have to even like it. Like it, it just yeah. the acting, the, the the jokes, just like everything is the just trailer, great. The trailer looks fantastic. Thing, you know, I got to see what all the hype's about. And it's been on my to-watch list for a long time. Jason Sudeik is very funny. And I got to watch it on Apple TV. I'm paying for subscription. Might as well do it, right. Might as well watch it. So check out the trailer. You know, you know what it is, Al? It's it's, it's yeah. the beginning. You got to get into it. You got to give it a chance because it 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 starts out a little rough, and then once uh-huh. you get into it, you fall in love with the character, and then you just care about the journey. So until yeah. you get to that point, maybe it's like, why do we care? You know? Yeah. So give, give it a, give it a chance. I will give it a shot. It it, but, it really uh, grows on you. Okay. Yeah, the trailer was cool. Um, although you know, obviously, haven't watched it, so I can't had minimal context, but Rolling Stones, You Can't Always Get What You Want, was the song. Um, and it features little dialogue, except for Sam's a pre-game chant expressing love for his fellow teammates. 
So uh, definitely worth uh, checking out. Um, interesting Apple TV news that I do have is they're doing a recast. Michael Mando uh, just fired from Sinking Spring on Apple TV. I think, uh, Vinny, you shared this link with me a while back. He had an uh, alleged onset clash with his co-star. And apparently the other actor was not named. I'm sure it's someone high in the, uh, the call sheet list. But uh, the series also stars Brian Tyree Henry, Ving Rhames, Kate Mulgrew, and Marin Ireland. And apparently they tried to smooth things over. They just decided to recast his role Oof. completely. Woof. Yeah. So who they um, replaced the – who did he get replaced by? Well, none other than Wagner Mora, who played opposite Elizabeth Moss in Apple's Shining Girls. He's also been in Better Call Saul and Orphan Black. Well, and most known for Narcos, nice. Caesar. He was uh, he's um, what's the guy? He's the Narcos guy. Oh, he's the main Narcos guy, right? He's, okay. Well, he, who am I thinking of? Ca- Pablo not Castro. Escobar. Pa Escobar. Thank you. Yeah. I really like okay. called him the Narcos guy. I'm and like, it's, it's not Caesar Chavez. It's not Fidel Castro. What is the guy's name? There it is. Escobar. Right. Right. So, um, oh boy, this is another Vinny-based news. Um, Daniel Lewis is returning to Billions. Damian Lewis. Did you hear about yes. this? Yes, Damian Lewis acts. Did I say Damian? I'm sorry. Let me read. <laughs> Damian Lewis, Vinny, is returning to Showtime's Billions for the upcoming seventh, but not final season. I think they still want to keep it going <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know why. But um, apparently this is a reversal for the actor who exited his position as the co-lead, um, along with Paul Giamatti. And then, of course, co-star Corey Stoll, who's Modoc in Ant-Man, uh, was up to series regular and took over uh, Axe's company. So, um, interesting. I guess uh, I guess he. I'm, I'm curious of why he wanted to come back. But, you know, of course, when your character is not killed, then... You can completely come back to the show if you want to return, you know? Yeah, and I've never seen – I mean, I have mixed feelings because I, I liked it without him. No offense to him. I thought it was a great show even when he left, but the okay. fans were just relentless on hating on that show without Axe. Like, oh. bring Axe back, bring it. So I'm sure right. even if he wasn't already supposed to come back, I'm sure Showtime was begging him to come back for a little yeah. bit. Just for the fans, you know. I mean, Just he is—he's great. I think there's a lot of great people on that show, but I guess you need Axe. Yeah, you gotta gotta have Axe. Gotta have Axe. Axe is back, guys. So that's really cool. A yeah. um, couple more things before we take a class cup break. Um, over on Peacock, um, the Megan movie, which I I, I hadn't, you know, I, I intended to see it, but then I heard that there's going to be an unrated version on Peacock. So I might as well watch the director's cut unrated version um but there is more f-bombs um the deaths are more graphic mm-hmm. apparently um megan drops an f-bomb she said she'll tear her head off her fucking neck which was not in the movie that we saw in theaters so there you go um and uh apparently in the unrated version the shot doesn't cut away when the bully gets his ear ripped off instead you see it stretched and severed so, <laughs> um, so you'll why see. Why is it called lot... M3? Can you say why it's called like M3 again? You know, I think it's very, it's a stylized thing, you know. Okay. Um, for, 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 um, bots to have version names and numbers. In fact, the sequel is going to be Megan 2.0. Oh, 
you know. Oh, she's a bot. Okay, like, I didn't know she was a bot. I don't know anything she's, about this. She's an uh, AI bot. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, that's exactly what she is. So the, the, the stylized number three for, for Megan. Yeah, um, definitely worth a look. Um, all right. So over on Network TV, Woody House made a comment about yeah, he he's so did. fed up with the, with the mask <laughs> mandates on oh, his yeah, um, see it? monologue. I saw it on Saturday Night Live and <laughs> he kicked off, uh, you know, uh, with a joke uh, about the uh, COVID-19 mandates and sc- conspiracy theories and basically compared it to uh, the cartel taking the, uh, the cartel's drug. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that you, you were forcibly made to take medicine in the land of the free. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, you know how I feel, but uh, about all this. I know. But, I, you're like but, the but, opposite of Big Paul, yes. But, 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 but you know what? A, a new thing. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, that uh, apparently we, as America, was sponsoring the research for COVID in China. So they're trying to prove, find out for sure if that's that and how bad. So basically, yeah. So maybe we were the problem, really. That's how it started. Uh, even if we were sponsoring it, they still fucked up in that lab. Like right. But one job, were, one job when you work with hyperinfectious diseases. Don't correct. let fuck out. <laughs> correct. Correct. But they could, Don't cook it, the bats. That's... It, bats have nothing to do with that. Apparently somebody that m- could have just walked it out. Like because the conditions were so bad and so poor. At this point, I don't even remember what the theories are anymore. No, no, this is new. This is no, no, I did hear that. Yeah, this is new from like yesterday or even today. So just, just FYI, be on the lookout. You know. Okay. Uh, uh, Well, I'm gonna put my mask on right now. Well, I, I never take it off. So I want to read what Woody Harrelson said. If you didn't see the, the the monologue, he said, "So the movie goes like this." The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked up in their home. And people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. And he said, I threw the script away. I mean, who's going to believe the crazy idea of being forced to do drugs? I do that volunteer- voluntarily all day. <laughs> Very good. Oh man! But you know, he 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 had an interview with the New York Times and said, "I don't think that anybody should have the right to demand that you're forced to do the testing, forced to wear the mask, forced to get vaccinated three years on. I don't have to wear a mask. Why should they? Why should they have to be vaccinated? How's that not up to the individual? So um, there's been a few actors vocal about the." Um, the vaccine mandates and yeah because hollywood will not film you anymore if you say anything like that i think woody's immune though i mean i, I don't know i think no, he's still, I like he's he's successful enough that's the thing like he's he successful enough right yeah I don't, I don't like he's he's a big enough name his money's made even if they never cast him again it doesn't fucking matter he doesn't need him anymore right <laughs> the uh, irony is i don't you didn't work on white house al but i remember working on uh, something when he was here yes. and that was fairly early in the pandemic I'm trying to remember. We were outdoors, so he didn't have a mask on. But that was like early. That was like that was before White House Plumbers. September 2021. Okay. So that was still pretty. Yeah. Okay. That was tough times. You mentioned the um, the opening, um, the cold open, Vinny. That uh, a friend of yours, 
could have could have appeared on the cold open, but he's too good for background work. For ba- they put out so- <laughs> they put out a notice they needed bald guys on right. SNL, and and I could tell it was they were going for like a MAGA look. And right. I sent it to a friend of mine who's in New York City. He's right down the right. street. But and he was he said thanks so much. But I think the implication was I don't do BG. And then I see the cold open and I'm like, you know, I know you don't do BG, but you could have been front and center on the front cold open for SNL, which is like SNL, why the hell not? Which is huge. How often it, do you get to do that? Come on. Yeah, you, I would I would do it for SNL. I don't do it for films though. Like fair enough. It's, yeah. It's it's not it's not worth my time. To be like person number seventy eight in the back of a crowd somewhere, like sure. You know? yeah, but that's like that... an experience, <laughs> and, and it's not like they're yeah. casting yeah. day players. They yeah. only cast. Yeah. You're either in the SNL cast, right, or you, or you could do BG. That's the only two ways to get on. Yeah, I, I would, just I would definitely do SNL. You, you, you can get upgraded though. That's true. Or you could get upgraded. He could have become a principal from that. You never know. There you go. I've done. There you go. I I think if I mean if you're not a celebrity, why, why turn out? I don't know. I, why turn it down? I don't, I, down. I, I don't know. I've been doing this forever. I don't do it. I won't do it. Okay, that, that's <laughs> completely fair. Completely fair. Um, one more thing, and we'll take a classic cup break. Uh, Zachary Quinto yes. been cast in the lead role of an NBC drama pilot, Wolf. Um, Zachary Quinto, um, oh, man, he was badass in Heroes, man, as, as the Heroes main antagonist. Awesome. He was in Nosferatu uh, on AMC. Of course, he was in the Star Trek films. Um, he's, a, he's a fantastic actor. So, um, Margin Call. That's an underrated movie. Margin Call is another one, too. Yeah. So Wolf will follow revolutionary larger-than-life neurologist played by Zach Quinno and his team of interns as explore the, the last great frontier, the human mind. Wow. While also mm-hmm. grappling with their own relationships and mental health. Um, very cerebral, pun intended. <laughs> um and uh, when we get back, we'll uh, talk some SAG awards uh, and uh, and wrap up on uh, uh, a slightly abbreviated version of ETV. Uh, the, um, lots to talk about about the, the 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 winners of the SAG awards here on BTB. So since I went to the Twenty Seven Club um, coffee house owned by MGK Machine Gun Kelly in Cleveland, Ohio, I figured I'd pick a song of an artist. Um, of one of the the 27 club artists and i noticed i haven't played a song by this particular artist in in, in quite a while and i think we should uh, play the great late great amy winehouse uh wow she's was such an amazing talent one of the newer members of the the 27 club um and this is one of my favorite songs by amy called back to black so we're going to play that uh, classic cut. We'll be right back here on BTB. All right, guys, we are back here on BTB. That was Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. All right, um, let's uh, talk about the SAG Awards. Um, yeah, myself, Anna Kuchma, Vince Eisenson, Vinnie Mac, uh, members of the Screen Actors Guild, they had the, and which is great because we actually got to uh, vote for 
the winners um hope everyone here um voted that could you know um it was it's a really i feel really privileged to be able to contribute to announcing some of the winners of, of the prestigious sag awards because it's our peers our actor peers voting for you know other actors you know uh kind of a cool thing um and you know this is broadcast from youtube because they didn't have a home didn't have a network home apparently tbs and tnt they lost the they lost the rights to, to air it so they had it on netflix youtube page which uh, seems kind of bottom of the barrel at first but i think next year they're going to actually show the awards on netflix so but it got like 1.1 million views for the live streams uh, that's considered pretty damn good but yeah let's talk about uh, some of the winners i mean Everything, everywhere, all at once. My God, just dominated some of the wins with ensemble cast in a movie with Michelle Yeoh winning outstanding lead actress in a film. And, of course, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, outstanding supporting actress in a film. So those are three of the major awards. She's the first Uh, Asian woman to win the award, right? And Michelle Yeoh, the first Asian woman to win the award. You're proud, and, Al. You're proud. I, I was <laughs> the first. Yeah, why not? You know, I mean, they're not Filipino, but you know, I'll. I'll Close support. enough. Oh, I'm sorry, Filipino isn't Asian now. Well, we're somewhat <laughs> Islander, but it, it it can go either way. But nonetheless, no, I support them because they are people of color, they're minorities as well. Um, and let's not forget Ki Hui Kwan. Who, yeah. as a child actor in Indiana Jones' the Temple of Doom, uh, and the Goonies, uh, took a hiatus from acting and literally came back and won, won an award. Who does that? Who takes like a a thirty year break from acting and comes back and wins? <laughs> wins? No lie, he crushed Temple of Doom. His performance is phenomenal. Right. <laughs> great. So, what do you want? You're a child actor. You're always an actor. I think. His speech, though, man. Ah. It was great. I mean, you know, he wasn't getting read. He, a lot of the struggles that the, us actors go through, like if we're not booking parts, like he, after after that movie, and I think he did Encino Man as well. After Encino Man, I think he said that he wasn't getting any offers, so he decided to walk away. Hmm. And then even after he shot everything all, all at once, he said that he was auditioning for other stuff, you know, showing that he had booked it, but it hadn't come out yet. So people hmm. didn't know how great um, – he did, but um, yeah, that, I mean that everything everywhere all at once. The big, big winner there. But let's talk about some other winners. Um, Sam Elliott, kind of surprising, um, winning um, for outstanding performance by a male actor in a television movie or limited series uh, for 1883. I really thought Evan Peters for Dahmer was going to win because he won the Golden Globe, but no, they. They went with veteran actor uh, Sam Elliott. So I haven't tuned into 1883. I think, Anna, you watched that because you told me you auditioned for one of those uh, shows, didn't you? I did, but I didn't actually watch it. I did watch the 1923. Oh, you watched 1923, not 1883. The, 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 the first two episodes of that. And oh, okay. Great. But uh, listen, all the actors are phenomenal, so it's the cast, uh, and, uh, okay. these ensemble casts, I feel like, are great. So, no surprise. Sure, no that surprise. Elliott no. won. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, moving on. Um, Je- Jessica Chastain wins uh, for George and Tammy for outstanding performance by a female actor 
the television movie or limited series. Congrats to Jessica Chastain. Just saw the first episode of that last night. It, it pretty yeah? damn good. I'll give her that. It's pretty damn good. You'll be, as opposed to House of the Dragon and <laughs> Last of Us, you will be continuing this series. I will be. Yeah. Well, my, <laughs> I think I think my wife likes it. I'm so still that, shaking that means my head. We get to watch track. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about Dragon. Last Dragon. I'll get back to that. Yeah, that, it's it's yeah. worth continuing that one. All right. This this is another one that you love, um, Vinny. Jeremy Allen White, the winner for Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Comedy Series. Um, I'm not familiar with the TV show. I know you made a comment about if you go to Chicago, you try one of those Italian um, sandwiches, and that's what the 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 premise of the, the show is based on. But yeah, Jeremy Allen White winning, very you well know, deserved. I confess, I didn't hey. vote. I didn't vote for him, but I was thrilled he won. Yeah, yeah, I voted for I, Anthony. I voted for the guy from Barry. Anthony Kerrigan is fantastic. Kerrigan, he's so good in this, especially this season. He was phenomenal. But Jeremy Allen White, excellent. But you he know what? Good. The veterans and Steve Martin and Martin Short. I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like I, I want to give one of the veterans a nod. You know, I just haven't seen that show, so I don't really know. And this is another one I wanted to give a nod, but she did not win. And that's um, outstanding performance in a female actor in a comedy series. I really want Christina Applegate to win. So, yeah, so, just because. So, yeah, because of her, her um, MS diagnosis, but you know she does a fantastic job. Sometimes you have to put empathy above. I don't know. I mean, me, I don't know. Uh, one could argue that, you, that the integrity should be always vote for the best actor, no matter what they're going through in their personal life. But she's pretty much retiring from acting after this. You know, pretty much the same. Jeez. Yeah, because of the the, the, the MS diagnosis. Yeah. Aye, aye. But Gene Smart. One and Jean Smart wasn't at the SAG Awards. She went uh, um un- she went uh, uh under the knife for a heart procedure. Um, unspecified heart procedure. That's why she was not at the SAG Awards to accept her award. Shite. That's a good excuse, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe course. her, but I'm just saying that's a good reason to have to miss. Her. Yeah, it's recent heart surgery. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Abbott Elementary, another show that's eluded me, have not tuned yet, but ensemble in a comedy series. Um, yeah, congratulations to the cast. That I happened. voted for that. I was happy about that winning. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a good ensemble because it really is an ensemble. I mean, it like, is an ensemble. They and really have, work together. Now, have, have you watched the show? I have. I'm totally caught up on that, which is really? shocking You're to me. You're a fan of not, Abbott Elementary. Yeah, I am, and I'm not caught up on anything, but I'm caught up on that. Wow. I'm they give almost equal screen time to everyone. It's a real ensemble show, yeah. Wow, okay, I guess I'm missing out. Now, I was really happy about this winner, but sad at the same time, and that's Jason Bateman winning Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Drama Series. And um, you know what? Everybody wanted Bob Odenkirk yeah. to win for Battle Carl Saul. That was the last season that was like the second part of the final season of better call saul but it was the last part i realized it was the last for ozark as well it's the last season of ozark as well (laughs) yes so i felt i did feel bad but hasn't his bateman already won for that i don't think he has no he's been nominated so but i i could be i could be wrong for that one i mean obviously uh adam scott another great contender with severance um as well as well as Jonathan Banks and Jeff Bridges for the old man, but the old man was amazing. Do you watch that? Yeah. Yes, and the se- and second season is about to start uh, shooting in the LA, I think. Yep. Okay. I saw uh, the casting already. 
Oh, good. There you go. Submit, submit, Anna. We want to see you back on TV. All right. Um, this one, Vinny, you have a comment about this one. Um, Jennifer Coolidge for White Lotus wins outstanding performance by female actor in a drama series. Vinny, tell me your reason why you weren't happy with this particular win. I, you know, all due respect to her. She is great. She's great in the show. But like, if you saw her speech, it it's that's her. That is the exact character in White Lotus. Now, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, it's only good acting if it's very different from their personality. That doesn't really matter. But a, it was exactly her. B, it's kind of a comedy. C, it's a supporting yeah. role in a big ensemble. Right. And D, yeah. these other contenders, I mean, like Laura Linney. I, yes, Ju- thank Julia you. Garner. Julia Garner. Zendaya. Zendaya it was just such heavy hitters How in the for them hell? all to lose to her. I was like. Well, oh, because this is our peers, you know. Concur. Our peers, and we love the White Lotus. I think that's one of the reasons. If it was the Academy or anybody else, it, it probably wouldn't have gone to her. But I mean, I'm glad it won Ensemble, White Lotus. Ensemble, like, yes. Really? She had, okay, f- fair yeah, enough. The White Lotus did win for Ensemble in a Drama Series, but you're absolutely right. She was a small part of the Ensemble cast, whereas Julia Garner, Laura Linney, Zendaya, and Elizabeth Debicki lead their roles. Yeah. And the SAG Awards, they combine supporting and leads together for, I guess, the, the, the television categories, right? Yeah. They only they only do supporting and lead for movies. They only se- separate for movies, but yeah, uh, for whatever reason, yeah. Um, so that's not her fault. I mean, that's kind of apples and oranges. Like you can't blame a supporting actor for winning that category. It's mm-hmm. not their fault. They're all shoved together. It just felt a little, yeah, wacky. <laughs> I'll agree. Should add another award, I guess. Yeah, I agree. All right, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, wins for everything, everywhere, all at once. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. And Thanks, she actually had an interesting speech, talked about being a Nepo baby. <laughs> <laughs> With, of course, her father being Tony Curtis. And uh, uh, But you know what? She also said that she's also 65 years old. And 65-year-old women do not uh, typically win uh, or, you know, are considered, uh, you know, a lead of a television series. So, um, you know, Hey, or, or a movie for that matter. Um, yeah. is that everything everywhere was a movie? Um, no doubt. Um, of course, Kate, Kihu Kwan, everything everywhere all at once, which you mentioned supporting actor in a male role. Frazier. Yeah. And then, um, of course wins for best performance by a male actor in a supporting role. Also the first Asian male to win, um, a film acting award as well. Um, and so that's both Michelle Yeoh and, um, yeah, and Michelle Yeoh also, uh, made history the first, um, Asian woman to win the leading film acting award. So there you go. Um, so again, history being made at the SAG awards. Um, and of course, let's talk about the big, uh, award, which was really between Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser for uh, outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role. I saw Elvis. I saw Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Both of them, I think, were the top of the list. I mean, mm. you know, Colin Farrell, Bill Nye, and Adam Sandler. Good performances. Mm. But yes, it was definitely between those two. And yeah, I I, I voted for I voted for Brendan Fraser. I, okay. 
I think it's really all about the transformation and both awesome Butler and Brendan did it both. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that just to be able to realistically portray someone like that and be convinced mm. um, and just, yeah, I just, it, it was, it was a tough call. I mean, obviously the golden globes thought differently and they awarded it to Austin Butler, but uh, Brendan Fraser has got some heat with the golden globes. Apparently he was groped by one of the producers of the show or something like that. So, and so. I haven't seen the, I did vote for Austin Butler, but I haven't seen the whale. So oh, wow. I feel bad, That's but I, I couldn't vote for a performance I hadn't seen. So I just had to go with Austin Butler. But okay. yeah, that's I still I still think he might pull out the Oscar, but it's it's very close now. It's it's, it's a close between those two. I mean, you, you have one and one. Golden Globe went to Austin Butler. SAG Award went to Brendan. So and Colin can still win. Colin is still in it. He's still in the running. And then we have the Oscars, which we'll yeah. see which way they, they go. Um of I love course, that you're yeah. describing it like a, a title fight. They're one and one. First match. <laughs> right. Uh, second match. The, going. <laughs> How badass match. would it be if like Bill Nye came in and won? <laughs> the upset. Upset King. Bill Nye. Um, yeah, everything everywhere all at once, as we mentioned. Outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. And then the ones that weren't televised. Um, outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture. Goes to Top Gun Maverick. And... I think I read somewhere where was the stunts because it was all CG air, airplanes, <laughs> you know, but did that I, win? I thought woman King upset it. No, but um, Top Gun Maverick, the winner. Oh, Top Gun Maverick one. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's King. justice for, do you remember when mission impossible fallout lost? Right. I mean, that yeah. movie opened with a dude jumping out of a freaking yeah. plane. Like, come that, on. That yeah. could have been. And star studded, and they all killed it. It was a great film. Yeah. I mean, that should have won stunts. And, and that lost stunts. Car so. was all CG. So I, and some, I mean, there were stunts of all, but it's all capture stunts. And then you have the Batman, and then Black Panther will come on to forever, and the Woman King. So, yeah, I, that, like, you know, um, I, I would say. I voted for Avatar, I'll confess, but I didn't see Maverick. Okay. Completely. I saw Avatar. I, I was picturing those. I still don't understand how you have not seen that movie, Vinny. That's just. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's it. okay. I'll get to it. I know you. You watch things that like I should watch, but but the, the things that you don't watch, I'm like, holy shit! Everyone has, you know, like Abbott Elementary. Okay, it's very popular. I haven't seen it, but Vinny's seen it, and that's cool. But then you got like Last of Us. And Top of the Maverick, which people are talking about like crazy, but you haven't seen those. Well, that's the secret. I only get to watch what my wife wants to watch. Oh, that's weird. I haven't seen Maverick either, actually. So just okay. haven't gotten it's around to it. has not seen Top of the Maverick. Okay. I don't know. Just things pop. Okay. I haven't even finished Top Gun 1 yet. I'm halfway through <laughs> Top Gun 1. So I'll get there. I know you'll fall forward to the beach volleyball scene, Vinny. Um <laughs> Uh, let's see. Stranger Things wins outstanding action performance by stunt ensemble in the TV series. Um, they win over Andor, The Boys, House of the Dragon, and Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. And I, yeah, Stranger Things had some great uh, uh, stunts in the mostly in the the Russian the Russian prison scenes with David Harbor. There was a lot of good stunts in that one. So. And of course, Sally Field wins um, the Lifetime Achievement Award for career achievement and humanitarian accomplishment, which 
definitely definitely well deserved for sure um so um a couple of uh, fun moments on the sag awards um I know our, our buddy Victor Dober was very happy to see Jenna Ortega and Aubrey Plaza presenting together, and they both are masters at the, the deadpan stare, and they're kind of like joking about why they put those two together, you know, and uh, basically saying they have nothing in common, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but uh, I, I think those two will, will make an incredible movie or television show if they're cast oh, together. Yeah. I guess they could play sisters. They're both Latinas, so. Uh, um, but I'd love to see both of them in a project. So. In anything. No. In anything, right? So, the special topic I thought of is um, name a show or an actor um, that has yet to receive a nomination or a win. I try to make it as you know maybe like one of those things like how the f did this person not win or how the heck did this show not win an emmy you know how did this movie not get an oscar how did this actor not get nominated how did this oscar you know actor not win an oscar um and i thought of um well i guess i'll start um i thought of a a tv show from the past and a tv show present that i think have just been um one the newer one being overlooked so i'll start with a new one um righteous gemstones um and that is a, a TV show with Danny McBride, probably one of his funniest uh, TV shows. I mean, Eastbound and Down was great, uh, fantastic. Vice Principals was didn't tune in for that one, but then I got back into the Danny McBride stuff with Righteous Gemstones, and it's just comedy gold, man. It's just fantastic. Um, and uh, just some of the characters, you know, um, are in it. John Goodman's in it, you know. Um, All star cast, man, and well written, really funny. Completely ignored by the Emmys, the Golden Globes. That show got no love at all. I don't know why. Um, and then the show from the past, this one just boggles my mind how it never won an Emmy. And it's shot in our, our city of Baltimore, uh, for many of us. The Wire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never, never yeah, been nominated, it. never won. That show was phenomenal. And yeah, I heard only wonderful things about it. Only nominated for outstanding writing, but never won as a series, wow. and never won, um, never got nominated as a series. Universally regarded as one of the best shows ever made. Exactly. Yep. Like the, it's that not, and Breaking Bad, like near like the top of the. Not for some reason, and I can't understand why. So that's Great. that's that was the two that kind of boggle my mind. Um, uh, Vinnie Mac, do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, the mind. There were just a few that came to mind. Um, he got nominated a lot, but I found out a few yes last year that Jason Alexander never won an Emmy for Seinfeld. Which wow, was kind of, that's a little mind blowing when you're like, has been George carries that show. George, George actually carries that show. Yes. Yes. It's like that's like the definition of best supporting actor, and he never won. But he was nominated. Though. He was nominated like okay. seven times or something, but he Brent never, never won. won. That's amazing because because Jerry's not the best actor on that show, and yeah. most of the storylines end up focusing around George because he's like a more like he's a more reliable yeah storyline. Yeah, that blows my mind. Julie Louis Dreyfus, she got Emmy love, didn't she? She got some. I Michael Richards so. won like three times. I mean, Michael Richards was great too, but in hindsight, maybe one or two of those should have gone to Jason. Yeah. Um, but That's a good recent, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more recently, I remember. Every year, people thought maybe Sons of Anarchy would break through, and it never, never got did. nominated for 
anything. And that Great was show. like oh, a critic. It was a well beloved show, seven seasons. That yeah, you know, it's crazy nothing. how none, nothing, nothing at all. So nothing. those are some good ones. Good ones. I was thinking Sons of Anarchy too, because like, what do you do? Do you do like body of work? Like somebody's been killing it at a high level for like ten years and a bunch of stuff, or do you look at like individual performance? And Peggy Bundy in Sons of Anarchy crushed it, and I don't think yeah. she ever got a nod for that. That's no. a very good one. Yes, is that the and one that came? Like, yeah, her husband wrote the show for. Like he wrote that role yeah. for her, and she right. did it out of like just that that you know old power hungry biker gang like yeah. power moms just and somehow did equal parts like sexy and like i'm old hat at this don't fuck at me i've been around forever like right. great 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 job in that role oh yeah and especially toward the end like for directing and writing and several of the actors could have gotten nominated um especially toward the end um and just nothing it, the thing is with a lot of these award shows if you miss your window early on like the first two seasons you're uh, done like they won't nominate you later except except for Shit's creek that's true there are exceptions yeah. that there I can recognize later. Yeah, You're right. Got, got like mainstream attention when it got on Netflix. Yeah. It's got a bigger platform than pop TV. So that yeah, a lot. Yeah. And in Cobra Kai, I think they, they got a couple nom nominations, nominations as oh, well. You're right. You're right. After, after it got on Netflix. So there you go. There's the, the ticket. How about you, Anna Kay? Uh, the only the person I could I could think of, uh, but uh, he already won an Oscar, but, but Leonardo DiCaprio was uh, nominated so many times and didn't win an Oscar, and finally he did, I believe. So that was oh, a struggle. I what think was his was... Oscar-winning uh, role? Revenant. Not Revenant. Was it Revenant? 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 Yeah. I thought it was Revenant. It was Revenant. It was. It yeah, was. but I think he was nominated like seven or eight or whatever times, but just nothing. That was the in only thing that would work. In your opinion, he should have won a lot more. I don't know exactly because I can't remember who was he was uh, up against, but I I think he should have won somewhere in between there. Okay. It's the curse of being that good that like when you're that good, there's a very good chance you're you're always top five, but you yeah. might not be the number one that year. Right. Exactly. Like, like, exactly. Like he couldn't beat Jamie Foxx and Ray. Like right. I'm not sorry. Jamie Foxx is gonna win. He couldn't beat um who did he lose to? Oh, Matthew McConaughey's Dallas Buyers Club. Like, yep. oh, gosh, that's yeah, an that's... iconic performance. You, there yeah. you go. So it's tough. It's tough. All right. You and have to a... be very good and you have at the to right have time. A, at the right time. Exactly. 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 Right time, yeah. You can't yeah. be in, in the same categories, whereas everybody's the phenomenal. Yeah. So it's just... like Brendan Gleeson. I mean, I told you, Al, like I did. Yeah. Vote for Zach. That's a tremendous performance, but. He was good. It's it's not his year. I mean, Ki Ki Juan is great, and it's his year. He's that's his win. year. Yeah. That's his year, and we'll see what happens at the Oscars. But uh, another film that was snubbed uh, by uh, the SAG Awards was Emancipation with Will Smith, but the NAACP Image Award uh, awarded Will Smith for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture, uh, Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture for his performance. So. Uh, you, looks like the NAAC, guys, NAACP has forgiven Will Smith for his yeah, slap. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Like, do you think that's the reason why he wasn't either, you know, nominated a win or whatever? Yeah. That. Do you think that's the reason? Yeah. I. I. I, re I really think it's a possible reason. Um. Apparently, the the film was well reviewed, but yeah, his his performance was not recognized by the Oscars, not recognized by the SAG Awards. But he Dude, won. You know who loved that movie? Chris Rock. 
Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, he enjoyed watching that film. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, well said. Um, as I mentioned last week, uh, click on this, um, a show that I've also uh, occasionally host for, uh, has been accepted to South by Southwest. So yours truly will be uh, trekking down to Austin, Texas, along with John Alonzo and uh, Elena Moscat, the producer of Click on This and the um, the showrunner of the Baltimore Next Media Web Fest. Um, so we're going to be attending uh, some screenings, doing some interviews, um, checking out some shows. So not only does um, South by Southwest do film, um, television, they also do technology, they do music, and they do comedy. So the latest news is that Bob Odenkirk, Anna Kendrick, Chelsea Handler, Eric Andre are among the lineup uh, for the upcoming comedy festival as a as a part of the uh, South by Southwest, um, which will include improv, stand-up showcases, live podcast recordings, and conversations. So if South by Southwest wasn't already jam-packed as it is, they're adding a comedy festival to the – I mean, it's a lot, a lot going on. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it'll be my first South by Southwest experience, my second time in Austin, Texas. It's a very fun city, and I'm looking forward to getting down south. Uh, I think you went recently, right? I went, yeah, I went in 2020, October 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, less than two years later, I, I'll be back and uh, hanging out with my real good buddy from high school who lives down in Austin. Shout out to Eric. All right. Uh, as we're winding down this list here, guys, Harvey Weinstein, the movie producer. Um, wow. Sentence for 16 years. Um, and, uh, he's already finishing the 23 year sentence. Oh, he's, not, he's not finished. He's like two years into a 23 year sentence. Two years. So, yes, like, exactly. No, nothing against his 16, but it's only going to start 21 years from now. Right. Exactly. And of course he's he wants finish to. finish being in jail in New York. He wants to argue it to, to go concurrently <clears throat> because due to his age, his ailing health. But yeah, he was found guilty on all three counts of forcible rape, um, oral copulation, sexual penetration with a foreign object. My God. Um, did he use his Oscar uh, statue? <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess it's a, a very inappropriate time to make a joke. I guess I'm talking about this, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> you can't put the key back in the bottle now, man. It's out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stay quiet on this one, all right? Guys. <laughs> um, also, uh, Paris Hilton actually re- uh, revealed in an interview that Harvey Weinstein tried to follow her to the bathroom at the Cannes Film Festival when she was only 19 years old. And she was talking to Harvey about wanting to be in a movie. And she was saying how Harvey was so cool, blah, blah, blah. And then she <laughs> went into the bathroom and Harvey followed her <laughs> and said, Do you want to be famous? Wow. <laughs> and she just kind of just freaked out, you know. She said, "I'm in a stall." You think that you I didn't know she was famous. <laughs> Why do you want to come in here? Uh, <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Um, three Russ crew members have filed a lawsuit against Alec Baldwin for um, anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. Crazy, crazy position for Alec and um, I guess uh, the other two that facing the uh, involuntary manslaughter charges uh, for the uh, rush shooting um, 
and the death of a cinematographer. Elena Hutchins and Vinny, I know you were vocal about your opinion, you know, um, but uh, ah, man, Alec is facing quite a bit now of um, adversity now, wouldn't you say, now that others are experiencing post-traumatic stress? Yeah, why the- is that? So why are they suing him? I mean, they're not suing the other producers or are they saying? Yeah, the production, right? He yeah. actually holding the gun is the cause of their well, stress? or So basically, the three plaintiffs, Ross, um, who's a dolly operator, Doran Curtin, set costumer, and Reese Price, key grip, sued the actor and producers, both, um, oh, over yeah. the alleged negative mental and emotional impact of Hutchins' fatal shooting. Um, and they've experienced blast injuries from the blaring sound of the gunshot. Oh, and um of course her dropping in front of her was a uh, very post traumatic stress i can imagine how how uh post traumatic I mean, stress inducing it would be i'm sure you know? it's very stressful i mean i wonder if alex should sue the armorer for his post traumatic stress i mean yeah i guess he pulled it but i'm sure it was pretty damn stressful for him too to be handed a yeah. loaded weapon and told to fire it and then it went off and i mean I'm not trying to excuse Alec Baldwin by any means, but mm-hmm. it's ugh. good point, Vince. Though, yeah, Dude, I, mean, I, I get it. If, if I was him and I was getting in trouble, I'd be furious for this. I would. I wouldn't. It's just, yeah, it's hard to know where justice is and where vengeance is. A lot of this seems yeah. like bad. Vengeance and where the negligence going. was, you know, and where exactly? Way. Yeah, it's 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 really really messy and uh yeah we 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 wish everyone well i mean they're still gonna they're still gonna finish the film as you know the um the family of helene um basically gave the blessing for for the film to to shoot and finish so in honor of her memory of course yeah um but um jeremy renner thank god he is doing okay doing whatever yeah, it takes to crazy. recover from snowplow accident he had 30 broken bones and blunt chest trauma, and he posted Oof. an Instagram story on his ex- exercise bike using one leg to pedal with the assistance of a pole-like tool, mm. and the caption, whatever it takes. Damn. So he's also Very working inspiring. On his... Yeah, it's inspiring. I really hope Go he get comes... him, Hawkeye. I hope Hawkeye comes to 100% as a hell of a gnarly injury. You know, I mean, dad, getting dragged under a, a snowplow and r- having it run over you, it's fucking crazy. And he was trying to save his, uh, his nephew. nephew, right? Yeah. His like nephew, a rowing exactly. on top of everything. Yeah, very, very. Thank God. Thank God he did not get. Now, thank God he's still with us. My God, that could have been really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he also has to work on his mental re- uh, recovery because, yeah, that, that's very. I could just imagine. Yeah. Yeah. He should sue his nephew for uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> We both oh, have to have a con- all of us need one controversial joke before there I have we mine. Go. Gotta get uh, it out of here. Biddy had yours. Anna and Martin you have one more we have to end with one, <laughs> one controversial joke. Um so um this is really sad. Tom Sizemore, remember got you remember him guys? His family's deciding end of life matters. He's 61 years old. He had a brain aneurysm. And this one hits a little close to home because my aunt uh, had a very similar fate. She had a brain aneurysm, um, brain stroke, um, and was cognitively impaired for a couple of years before family decided to um, intervene and, 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 and uh, stop the um, 
the life retaining uh, processes. But uh, the doctors informed his family that there's no further hope and have recommended end of life decision. So I guess they're going through all the legal stuff, I guess. Um, that's really sad. You know, 61 years old. He, he's known for passenger 57, true romance, natural born killers. He got his uh, big break in Steven Spielberg's film, Saving, Pri- Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Which he played technical sergeant Mike Horvath. Um, you know, he's had some personal issues, convicted abuser in 2003 for domestic violence and pled, uh, no contest, uh, for two charges of domestic, domestic violence in 2017. But, you know, it just, we, we really, we're, yeah, really, really sad news to hear, man. Um, and on a side uh, note, can, can I mention, I, I know yes. you mentioned it earlier, but, uh, I guess I'll have to pay tribute to my in-law who passed away like right before we started doing this podcast and you know so i just want to give a shout out to my sister and her husband and the father basically uh mark temption uh he will always be remembered he was a wonderful man and too young to leave this earth so suddenly i'm so sorry for your loss anna yeah so that was just, you know, mind-blowing a little bit, especially if after surviving two heart attacks oh. and losing a lot of weight and being healthy and eating healthy and, like, mm. turning his life around completely. It's a very sad news. And I think dying by himself, that was the worst part. He was found by his wife, you know. Um, Jeez. Oh, I'm rough. sorry, Anna. Well, that's – anytime it's family, it, 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 it doesn't get any – and he's sadder than that, so our, our thoughts are with you. Um, thank you, thank you. And a couple more rest in pieces. Um, of course, uh, Jansen Panettiere, the brother of Hayden Panettiere, who just found out the reason cause of death was due to a an enlarged heart. It's called cardiomegaly, um, coupled with aortic valve complications. The guy was only 28 years old. Yeah. And he's, and that's, I mean, heart health is very important. I guess please get your physicals, you know. Yep. Uh, I'm definitely overdue mine, for Christ's sake. I need to schedule mine. Um, but, yes, you know, get your heart checked. I mean, that's that's way too young for a heart issue, man. That's just, I mean, you know, his sister is Hayden, as you know, from Heroes and the Scream movies. And Jansen, an actor himself, he was in The Walking Dead. He has a small role in The Walking Dead. I remember his scene. He was in uh, Disney Channel's Even Stevens and uh, The Martial Arts Kid, um, which uh, our guest last week, uh, Cynthia Rothrock, um, was in. So, um, yeah, certainly very sad. And, of course, um, Madonna's brother, Anthony Ciccone, died. Now, this one is really sad because Madonna, a millionaire multiple times over, did not do anything to help her brother. I mean, apparently her brother said in an interview that I'm a zero in their eyes, a non-person. I'm an embarrassment. If I froze to death, my family probably wouldn't know or care about it for six months. And um, it's kind of it kind of hurts because you're a millionaire. You got to take care of your family. You know, know anything about the guy? 
Well, I, he's a musician. Um, let's see. What do we know about him? Okay. That's kind of a dickish statement. And I got to say, like, I have a family with several members that uh, suffer from substance abuse that sounds like that. It does so kind of have the ring that, to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't know if I buy it. Oh, what he said in the interview. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm saying like, I, I don't doubt that she's not helping him in any way, but like at a certain point you are helping a family member who's struggling by not giving him the funds to keep doing it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Because if he has his demons, then yeah. Yeah. So yeah. before we slaughter Madonna, like I got to know, I would need more information. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Put it this way. What, just about, what about his family? Would you ever say that publicly about anyone in your family? Wow. I wouldn't. Well, I, I would if like I, you know, if I had had, you know, if I needed major surgery and was penniless and everybody's like, fuck you, then I, I might call them out. But if, as you said, this guy had a long history of God knows what and his family just right. had to stop supporting that, then that's a different right. story. Yeah. But we don't know that. So we, we don't know. Yeah. Right? So. Because, yeah, according to this, further details about Chacone's passing were not provided. And the only one that mentioned it in the family was um, his brother-in-law, Joe Henry. And he was a musician, musician who was married to Madonna's sister, Melanie Ciccone. And apparently, um, yeah, he talked about him, how he had passed away and he loved him and he understood him. Um, and um, yeah, apparently his post was actually liked by Madonna. But oh. Madonna has yet to do a to do a statement on social media to post anything about her brother's passing. So that, that's she liked it. she liked his post though. She liked his post, <laughs> but didn't didn't do anything. Yeah. Did she so really do this? <laughs> it does look like he had some struggles with substances. So I I don't want to conjecture too much, but it does sound like there was. A little history there. there right. Yeah. But what about the rehab? Yeah. If there's... Ooh, yeah, we don't even know about the rehab either. You know, was, was it I'm just saying, if there was, you know. that was the see, reason. See, I didn't even need to hear that it was rehab in there. I promise, dude, I've heard the tone or rant like that. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> according to this, uh, Ciccone had reportedly struggled with alcoholism and was homeless for several years. In 2013, he needed nine stitches to his forehead after resisting arrest in a public bathroom in Michigan and his okay. B- BAC level was uh, a 0.4. There you go. Uh, yeah. That doesn't mean you shouldn't help a person. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I have a different outlook in life than that. You know, instead of all that aggressive pa- plastic surgery that Madonna's getting, maybe she, he, she should put some money in. Anyways, sadly, he's no longer with us. All right. So with, Death, we celebrate life for, for those celebrating your birthday today. Um, let's see. Actress Bernadette Peters, happy birthday, 75. Wow. Uh, yeah. She's a legend. Actor John Tuturo, 66. Definitely. Actress Radon Chong, 62. Robert Sean Leonard from House MD. Bunch of other things. It's 54 today. Um, Allie Larder, you might remember her from Heroes. She's 47. Actor Jeffrey Arend from Madam Secretary is 45. Um, 
Massabiti from the Fosters is 28. And um, actor Quinn Shepard from Hostage 28. That's birthday today. Um, so that's it. That's all I have. Um, wow. Ending at a, a, a um, like Rebel Time for everybody. Wow. I Don't jinx it. Right? It's amazing. Um, as um, yours truly, we'll be conducting our special interview tomorrow night with actor Griff First. He's a son of actor Stephen First, who you might know from National Lampoon's Animal House. He's got a new movie called Devil's Peak, which is available on demand right now with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Um, Yeah, so uh, Griff is going to be on uh, tomorrow's show. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to, to talk to Griff and talk about this film. Um, of course, Billy Bob Thornton, man, what a great actor, man. He's super he's, talented. Uh, super talented. I mean, I mean, he was talented for landing Angelina Jolie, right? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it also stars um, Jackie Earl Haley, Robin Wright, and Hopper Penn. And I awesome. saw Alexis Barone worked on it because she posted about that today. Oh, she posted on that? Wow. She must have been like a production assistant or something. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, first, also uh, produced the stoner comedy Half Baked Two with Frankie Munoz and Joel Courtney. Oh. Um, so he's got a lot of good credits. Can uh, you tell him, since I won't be there, tell him that yes. the, the Dream Team is one of my all-time favorite movies. The starring, Dream Team. Starring Stephen First. Yep. Oh, nice. Dream it's, Team. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Damn. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Get some context there. So. All right, so farewell on behalf of everybody here on BTB. We will see you guys um, next week. Um, but uh, any any final words? Anybody? Today was Actually, a great bit bittersweet. It is a little bittersweet to end on a downer note. But you know what? I like to hear, um, since Vinny, you started the rant. Can we end on a Vinny rant? Do you have a rant prepared? Because you started this <laughs> oh, segment. No. He doesn't need a preparation. He could just go on. Go I on. know. We, I'm in the a good part mood. about being an actor is, is doing stuff off the cuff, doing some improv. Yeah. And last time you had the rant was about actors who lie on social media. Yeah. And you didn't. You didn't name any names. They're so happy to be in this project, and they're not in this project. Yeah. Not those lies. It's more. Okay. No. Don't. It's fake credits. Fake locations fake oh, uh, you name it yeah but i do have it. another rant now now you're getting yes. worked up there I got we go. a rant. There there go, baby. Another rant. okay i i there, i was entangled in a little post today uh with somebody saying that actors should work for free um if oh, you can, if you cannot that. if you cannot demonstrate your return on investment why on earth should a filmmaker pay you anything and Whoa. then he went he went in to say, you know, if a mechanic can't show me their garage is making money, why should I pay? It just went off. And I basically said, so you're telling me you're only going to look for free mechanics? You want somebody to fix your car for free and just pray that it'll work yeah. out? And they're doing it for the exposure and the practice on your vehicle? Is that what you want to oh risk? God. Really? Yeah. And we went back and forth. Um, yeah. And I the do. mechanic, he appreciates if you give him pizza. He knows maybe not, but like he's hoping. 
<laughs> a pack of Welch's fruit snacks and and something for the portfolio and the mechanical fix you right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bottom line is you get, what you, you get what you pay for, people. I mean, I get it. We all have tight budgets, but don't be a dick. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't take advantage of people. Let's put it that way. Don't take advantage. Right. Yeah, because everybody nice. wants to like be in a film. Everybody wants to try it out. But like that was yeah, that was one of my early along with you know what what Alan the rest of my friends get tired of me for saying no background work. I decided early like I it never worked for free. Like I could do for like peanuts money. I I I have taken roles for like embarrassing small paychecks. Yeah, but it right. mattered to me there was something on paper that like my time is valued. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Your time is valuable and being uh, and yeah. being respected. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's you a know, good I, I, like, and a lot of it like was after like the novelty wore off because you want to do a couple and like you're willing to whatever. But like, dude, you know, I do a lot of stuff like I work a lot. Like, so I looked at a couple projects that I wasn't terribly proud of anyway. And the over under on like time in versus time out was like, I just yeah, I need X if it's really going to be worth me doing. Yes. Right. And we've all found that when they don't pay you, they probably are cutting other corners and the final yep. product is almost not worth looking at. So 100%. It's a lose, 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 lose. Yeah. Yeah. Because my, my response to your guy is like, listen, if you don't have the money to pay actors, you probably don't have the money to make a film. Right. Like, how are you going to get distribution? What are you going to do for advertising? Like, if you, if you yes. can't pay the people making the art, how is the planet ever going to see the art? So right. any, any young actor starting off, like demand respect, demand what, what you're valuable for, like right. fuck them. You don't, you don't owe anybody anything. Agreed. Agreed. And, like and, and if they do want to give you a volunteer role, because yes, we all, we have done volunteer work for friends, you know, ask them to, to maybe create a reel for you. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're a good photographer. They can get you some headshots, you know, try, try to find some value in other ways. Um, there you go. So there you go. Wow, that was a good rant, Vinny. And uh, that concludes tonight's uh, BTB um, live, live from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> I'm Al Soto, Celebrity Soto, your host for the most. Thank you so much, my panelists, including the one and only Martin Lopez, a.k.a. the ones that feature King, a.k.a. the last Numenorian, a.k.a. One True Night. And is Margot Robbie with us? Oh, not only is she here, she's in a cow onesie on the couch. There she Ooh, is. <laughs> hello. Hello. So she she's so she mad now. I'm in hello. so much trouble. I'm in so much trouble. Hello, hello, Miss Galina. Yes, hello. Um, thank you so much, the one and only Vinnie Mac, aka the One Line Wonder, aka the Co Star King. Someday the two line terror, baby. And of course, from Russia with love, the ravishing one, the ravishing Russian, the one and only Anna Kay. Thank you. Guys, we will, see, we will see you guys next week. Until then. All right, guys, special interview time here on Below the Belt Show with producer and actor extraordinaire, Griff First. Griff, uh, good to have you on a Below the Belt Show. Yeah, it's good to be here. I like it. Yeah, no doubt. Well, well, we're interview I've had in a while, but I feel good about it. I'm a night guy anyways. I wish they were all at this time. Oh, you okay. Well, there you go. There you go. I'm glad you're a night owl, uh, myself included. So this uh, works out pretty well. 
And uh, like we were talking earlier, I was literally just finishing this amazing film called Devil's Peak, um, which uh, had a theater run, but it's now available for everyone to see on demand at your favorite streaming platforms, right? Yeah, that's right. Everywhere. Fantastic. And I got to say, audiences, please, please check out this film, whether it's Amazon, whether it's uh, Roku TV, all your favorite streaming platforms uh you can get it on demand um and i'm just i was so blown away by the movie so I blown away no, i can tell how genuine that was by watching your face watch the last three minutes of the movie <laughs> yeah and we try not to get too uh, spoiler territory on below the belt because we want people to see this movie so we're gonna try to uh do that as best as possible or maybe give it a disclaimer for maybe one or two things but uh tell us about your involvement as a producer what was your pretty much a producer can be uh, someone that wears many hats uh, when they're attached to a project, whether it's um, helping with the casting, where it's helping with the money aspect and the funding um, and, and everywhere in between. But can you tell us about what went into your role specifically for Devil's Peak? Yeah. I mean, the, the conversation of what a producer credit means is an interesting one because it's so different for like two people could have the same credit and, ha and, and have the most different experience and, and contribution to the movie right. as possible. Like you were saying, like some people are finance, some people are creative, um, especially on independent movies, you see a lot of different credits, right? right. Uh, so that's why I like to use the PGA uh, marker because it shows who, you know, who was there on set and who really helped with the picture. On this one, it's myself, Josh Kesselman, Robin Wright, and the writer, Robert Knott. Um, so we were a team of four. We kind of split duties creatively. We were there every single day behind the monitor for every single shot uh, and just assisting the cast and the director to get their vision on camera. I I, uh, I do a little bit of everything. So I'm uh, I'm I'm the resource whose loyalty is purely for the production. That's that's kind of that's my position. I'm, I'm the ringleader of the circus uh, as a producer on these shows. And, and what a circus in an amazing way, uh, as far as your team is concerned. But let's talk about the cast, because an amazing cast you have assembled here. Billy Bob Thornton just blew me away with his performance. Just fantastic. And then Robin Wright in a, in a role that I haven't seen her portray before. Uh, yeah, this type no, of character, right? you know? And she just completely, I mean, she crushes that character. She's my yes. favorite performance, even though she you know, has... You know, five, six really, really real scenes that she's still sure. part of performances. I'm just such a huge, huge fan of her as a person and as an artist. I have to agree with, and I worked on House of Cards, and we shot in Maryland, uh, my hometown. And um, yeah, just, just seeing her go from uh, the character of uh, Kevin Spacey's character's wife, uh, and then president to to this particular role was just like completely opposite, you know? Can, so literally do anything. I mean, right. she's, she's, how long she been, she's been doing this for a long time. And she's just, I mean, she's one of the best, um, best people I've ever worked with for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, how we can, we more, more amazing names, Jackie Earl Haley, mm -hmm. veteran actor. Fantastic. You might remember him from Rorschach and, uh, and Watchmen and, uh, so many other great, great, great projects. He won an Oscar, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oscar winner as well. Uh, yeah. So that that's amazing. And someone I actually interviewed, Caitlin Nacon, um, as a Walking Dead fan. It was good to to see her uh, part of the cast. You have uh, Emma Booth, 
who played Billy Bob's love interest. And of course, last but not least, Hopper Penn, mm-hmm. uh, Robin Wright and Sean Penn's son. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal job by, by Hopper. I wasn't familiar with his acting work. And uh, I'm, he can he can hang with dad and he can hang with his mom, you know. I mean, the guy, yeah, he works he worked really really hard on this picture, and it's like yeah, he just he just really, from what I gather, he really started pursuing it, you know, just recently. It wasn't something yeah. that he back when he was a kid or anything like that, and he just recently really got hot about it and, and wanted to find a project that he felt was great for his, uh, great casting for him, and this was uh, this was the one. And of course, with uh, Robin, his his mother involved. Uh, like was that instrumental, I guess, and getting getting him involved? Did Robin kind of like? Kind it was actually. Of like, it was the other gosh, way around. Fun, so yeah. yeah. So our our manager Hopper and I, uh, really talented producer himself and a manager. His name is Josh Kesselman, and he represented. Uh, it still represents Hopper. Um, and so we found this vehicle for Hopper, um, really without Billy Bob or Robin or anything in mind. And so that was kind of the first thing. We had this great book hired a great writer um, and he had one client that fit this, this role. We were looking for something to package for him. And so he came on uh, and then, you know, Robin to play his mom, that was an easy, an easy call. And then Billy Bob, it was just, when we read the script, we, we realized this role is perfect for Billy and it's so oh God. He, yeah. <laughs> like it's what he does yet. He hasn't done it in a while. And so we felt like it would be the material yes. be right for him and he'd be right from the material. And, and, it was, and it's, that, that's what happened. It literally was the character was written for for Billy Bob. It was, and he rewrote a lot of his own dialogue. I mean, he's an Oscar-winning writer himself, and he knows this world very well. Mm-hmm. So he would get he's got a lot of speeches in the movie, right? And so he would dig into the script. He'd work late at night, kind of reworking some things, and he'd come back and show us and say, "Hey, what do you think?" We'd be like, "It's great. Let's do that." Wow, and it's it's all about this crazy dysfunctional family, the McNeelys in the Appalachians. And uh, Billy Bob is a meth dealer, I guess the kingpin of, of the meth uh, meth um, kingpin uh, ring, I guess. Yeah, region, I'd say he's the top of the food chain. He's the top of the food chain, right? And then you have a corrupt sheriff in uh, Jack Gerald Haley's character as well, which mm-hmm. you, let's just say we find out more about his corruptness towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that <laughs> you already know who's a little shady. Uh, yeah, it's a messed uh, up place to live, which is why Hopper wants to get out of there. So it's <laughs> and you can understand the the reasoning behind that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. It, wow. I just so this was adapted from a book. So the, the screenplay was adapted from the book from the book. Yes. A book called Where All Light Tends to Go. And the title of the picture was actually Where All Light Tends to Go until about a month before it's released. And the distributor said, that sounds like a novel. We need to retitle it to sound like a movie. <laughs> and so they picked oh, Peak, yeah. Devil's Peak? Okay. What went behind the, the Devil's Peak change? You know, it's... Other uh, being long, like, like semantics-wise. Well, it, it was it was being long is what started the discussion. And then actually, the they said they needed to change the title. We really fought to keep the name of the book. Um, yeah. But when we realized we weren't going to win that fight, the director came up with a whole bunch of names. Uh, a lot of them kind of had a similar vibe to where all light tends to go. And they wanted something that was a little more concise. Um, and so the director throughout devil's peak, I mean, Charlie has several mentions in the film of how the devil's got a hold of him. Um, he's just a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's actually a, there's an old folklore tale from like the 1600 that talks about devil's peak, which has some similar, 
it's it's a story and metaphor. It has some. It's about a guy who's always smoking his pipe at the base of this mountain, and he smoked the pipe so much that he he basically created this cloud that made the the whole town in in inhabitable. Um, so it felt <laughs> like kind of a good metaphor for this movie too. I think it works perfectly. And you did you actually shoot in the Appalachian area? We did. We shot at the very we shot in North Georgia, which is right at the very end of the Appalachian Mountains where they where they teeter off there. Nice. You're actually shooting at the actual place where you're saying you're shooting. Yeah. So many places go elsewhere. They go to Canada and say it's the Appalachian. It rarely <laughs> happens. I mean, the 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 writer who was also producer, Robert Knott, a very talented yeah. guy, he really wanted to the the book and the screenplay was based in Silva. North Carolina, and he really wanted to shoot there. And we even drove up there at one point to go scouting because it was only two hours from where we were from. Um, but we just we couldn't shoot there. It didn't make it didn't make sense because we shot in Georgia, where there's a you know big big film industry there. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The the hot the hotbed. That's a the the Hollywood of the South. I mean, yeah. Georgia we had to go into where the crew was and everything else, but. Uh, Silva, and actually, you know where they shot in Silva is they shot three billboards outside Missouri. They actually shot in Silva, which is where this book was set. Wow, there you go. Yeah. That could be like a parallel universe. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, three, the three billboards. And, um, wow. So, um, geez, I just, I'm still blown away by like, the ending of the film. So that's why I, I, I specifically urge our listeners and and and, and just just to please go to see this film because there's the, there's a lot of like jaw dropping what the f moments and uh, and that those final few minutes were just <laughs> I just couldn't believe what happened um, and, and again I think a lot of the focus uh, not only Billy Bob's character which you know he does some very despicable horrible things but also the sheriff and Jackie Earl Haley um, which uh, you know, it, it just, uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those, it's one of those, you know, you didn't expect it, but you, you had, you know, you had some inclination that something crazy was about to happen, and you, yeah. you guys, you guys delivered. With the with the ending, you always want to go for unpredictable but inevitable, right? So that's that's what I hope. That's how I hope it lands. Yeah, very very, <laughs> very very good. Wow. Um, tell us about uh, the 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 challenges to to that you've faced on set, um, if, if, if any, really. Um, and, um, and of course getting into the distribution. Yeah. And there's, there's always challenges on, on set. I just finished watching a show called the offer. Have you heard of this show? It's I have. About, yeah. You know, Godfather and God Godfather. Yeah. Experience watching the show. Cause it's about the producer. The producer is the main character um, producing mm-hmm. the Godfather. And he's dealing with everything from the mob to, to the the crew striking to you know interpersonal disagreements and it's like that on every show really but you try to um intuit or perceive what those problems are and, and kind of cut them off the head so they don't become big problems and they're little problems um so there, there's there's always the just the challenges of filmmaking and especially when you're trying to do a picture with large stars and big scale in a short amount of time right? we shot this movie in 24 days um that I is short for a feature, yeah. Yeah, everybody would have loved to have 40 days, right? But it's just like uh, you, you have to work with what you're given. And we were given enough to shoot the picture for 24 days. So that's time. It's like it's that's always the biggest challenge. It's And it's the, the most rare commodity when you're trying to shoot a feature because you always want another take. You always want to um, take the time to move to a different location instead of cheating it. Uh, you know, I think in this movie we 
cheated the bathroom in one of the houses at a different house because we couldn't make the schedule work with a, another house. So the, the, any challenges we had really stemmed from schedule and budget, which I find pretty commensurate with all kind of independent film. It's like you have to figure out how to how to make a the the picture that you have in your mind, um, which is a 40 day picture in 24 days, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you guys accomplished that, and uh, yes, on an indie level with A-list caliber talent. Yeah, I can imagine. And if, if David Fincher was the director, you guys would probably be <laughs> be there for another month. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really I, easy to you start worrying about halfway through that you're going to end up with a short film in the can, right? It's like the right. the saying is "Gone with the wind before lunch, Duke's a hazard after lunch." Because it's like you're, yeah. you're making the movie you want to make before lunch, and then you're like, "Shit, we're only you know a quarter of the way through the day on the schedule, but time-wise, we're halfway through, so we gotta we gotta pick up the pace." Yeah, no doubt. So. I was also curious on your thoughts because of independent film and, and, and gun use, of course. And, of course, we know about that tragic um, tragic incident on the Rust set. Uh, what what measures did you guys go through to ensure that the, the guns used uh, during the film were were safe and, 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 you know, were no threat to any of the cast and crew? So we, we had a policy. Um, this We were in pre-production when the Rust incident happened. And uh, we were going to do blank guns prior to that, but we made a decision right after that. We held a meeting about it. There would be no live fire on set, no live rounds, and no guns that were even capable of firing, which is really, and the director was completely behind that. And I think the entire industry is as a whole, because with how good CGI is anymore, it's pretty it's pretty silly to use live rounds these days. Um, Absolutely, yes. You know, it's like the, yeah. the argument in the 90s in the 2000s was it's like oh but you can feel it and you get the recoil and all that stuff but it's not it's just not worth it um so since that happened we haven't used any live ammo on set nor have we even used a weapon that's capable of firing it and what was tough is because the this we made this decision in pre-production is the director is very specific about the firearms that he wanted to use and the props guy had tracked down with an armor um these very specific guns that he wanted to have and then when we decided not to do that, which again, the director was completely all about, he was trying to find replicas of them, guns that were plugged, could not find them. So we had to go back through that whole process and pick new guns for all the leads. And ultimately it was happy, but it was a, it was a whole job on its, in and of itself too, because you still want the, the guns that you want. You want the authenticity, you want the cool weapons, but uh, yeah, my, my thoughts are in moving forward, you just don't, you don't do it under any circumstances because it's just completely not necessary. And thinking about to the films I did, in the 90s and in the 2000s. I mean, I can think of several incidents where I felt the first AD and the armor were not handling the weapons properly. And as an actor, you have to take mm -hmm. care of yourself and make sure it's safe. And that's right. fine, but still, it's just not worth it when CGI is advanced so much. There's no need to, to bring that, to bring yet another. It's already dangerous to be on set, right? It's like, it's, you, right. Don't need, you don't need to bring another I'm thing into it. Why why increase the risk when you know you spend a little bit more money for CGI and you lessen the risk though significantly yeah, right? It's muzzle flash, it's some smoke out of the barrel, some slide action. It's like it's not even that expensive and it's well it's well worth it. Obviously, obviously, yeah. yeah. And wow, again, fantastic performance by by everyone in the cast just completely blew me away. And again, going back to Hopper Penn, I, I read a recent interview that he did not want to be called a nepo baby because. 
I remember seeing uh, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, SAG Award speech saying, "Yes, I am a nepo baby," you know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm here because of my dad. But no, you, Hopper Penn was quite the opposite, saying, "Yeah, no. look, I, don't, I don't blame him." My father uh, was a pretty famous actor at one oh, point. Oh yeah, and so That's, it's like you almost, especially like if your dad's Sean Penn, your mom's Robin Wright is different. My dad was famous, but he wasn't famous enough for it to matter, but he was famous enough for people to have their, um, to, to have their concerns that I might be doing what I'm doing because my Let's connection. give a shout out though, to Stephen first flounder yeah. from national lampoons animal house. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my pop. So it's like in, in a way, when you are a Nepo baby, you have to work harder because people scrutinize what you're doing. Cause they might assume that you're there, um, because of who your parents may be, which, there's, it's not that there's no truth to that. It's like the whole reason I'm doing this is because I grew up around it and I know how to do it. But right. uh, I'm, I also, you know, work from 6 a.m. till midnight every night on screenplays on just my craft in general. It's like it's you, you, you don't get to to do what we do um, if you don't put in the work. That no matter who your parents are. Oh, fantastic. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about some other cool projects, Griff, uh, uh, that you got going on. Um, the half baked sequel. At Bake Two, uh, what can we expect uh, from this upcoming sequel from the 1998 cult classic? <laughs> Dude, I'm so stoked about this movie. Uh, I was a huge fan of it. It came out when I was a senior in high school. Probably mm-hmm. saw the theater like three or four times. Um, so I was, <laughs> I was just so psyched to get this movie offered to me from Universal because it was just like it was is exactly <laughs> what I wanted to. If I could make a sequel to anything. It'd probably be Animal House, but this would be a close second. I was kind of going to ask about that one too, but yeah. Let's the universe won't let me do that. I already tried. Um, they won't touch <laughs> that property. Um, but this one's, I mean, we, we uh, our director, Mike Titus, uh, he's directed a bunch of the Marlon Wayans movies on Netflix. One of the most talented people I've ever worked with. I mean, this guy works hard, harder than anyone I know besides myself. Um, <laughs> he's just so good. And our casting director, Wendy O'Brien, she just won the, the Emmy for Best Comedy Ensemble. Mm. She came through. Like, my favorite cast I've ever had. It's a big cast. It's an ensemble cast. And her recommendations were just spot on. Like, Dexter Darden is our mm-hmm. lead. He plays, spoiler, he plays uh, Chappelle's son in the, in the show. And this kid, he's the lead in the, the Saved by the Bell reboot on Peacock. Yes. Uh, dude is so talented. He's, like, one of my favorite people. I think he's going to be a huge star. Then she turned us on to this guy named Moses Storm, who's a stand-up comedian. Uh, he has a special on uh, HBO called White Trash. One of the funniest people I've ever seen in my life. Um, he just he plays kind of like the Jim Brewer character from the first one, and he does not disappoint. Like, this dude had me rolling nonstop. And then, of course, <laughs> you got Jeff Ross and Harlan Williams and, like, these legendary stand-up comedians, too. Yeah, it's Jeff Ross, really the roast mast. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be great. And where, when can we expect this one to be released? And will it be on a streaming platform or in theaters? Damn good question. I don't know. We finished okay. it. I've seen the movie. It's as good as I was hoping it would be. It's great. We're working on some visual effects and stuff. There's rumors that it might be coming out 420 of this year. Um, <laughs> but I've also heard, uh, Dude, it's, perfect, also heard it's not coming out until 2024. <laughs> then I heard it was a summer movie. I've heard that. It's going to be on Peacock. Then I heard it was actually going to be on Netflix. And so, okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't handle the distribution. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I just produced the movie and then they tell me they, I have no input on the distribution. They're going to let me know what happens. Okay. Yeah. We're excited. Now, 
did you reach out to Dave Chappelle? To I did. Yeah. Uh, curious yeah. on his thoughts. Well, I didn't get his thoughts. Um, his I'm pretty tight with his agency, and we were inviting all the original cast back. Rachel yeah. True is is written into the sequel. Rachel True, yeah, I saw that. Yep. She's great, and she wanted to do the movie that was good. Same with Harlan Williams. Um, the writer didn't initially put Chappelle in there, but the director and I had a great cameo scene idea for him. Um, and so I reached out to his agent and he, he, he was basically like, you'd have to throw a lot of money at him to do that. Mm. Cause he's going to do whatever he wants as he should. He's, you know, he's the goat of stand-up mm. comedians. Exactly. Uh, and so I, I, uh, I went back to the studio to see exactly how much money we could throw out <laughs> to him. And long story short, it wasn't enough. And mm. it, we didn't even take the next step because I knew it wasn't enough. And it was only really one scene, although it would have been a great scene. I know. But oh, man. Things go. The challenges for like creating that story moment and then having mm -hmm. to think of something else actually worked out really well because I think the moment that was originally written for him as we... Mm -hmm rethought it when we didn't think we could afford to bring him back uh it's a pretty pretty great moment okay yeah uh, i think one person you didn't mention um frankie moon is yeah yeah so he's yeah. gonna be uh so that, is, that's gonna be in a cameo type of role uh i mean he's a pretty big role pretty big role oh, okay very nice yeah, yeah. also joel courtney who joel uh courtney, yeah yeah i mean he's uh, i keep now that I've worked with him, um, like I knew of him already because he did those, uh, those really popular like ro romance rom-com movies. I forget the name of them. Um, I knew him from those and I knew he was kind of blown up as an actor. But ever since I worked with him, I've seen everything. He was in uh, Sick, a Netflix movie that's really good. Um, and then he just popped up. He's the, he's the lead in the movie that's like number two or three at the box office right now. It's called the jesus problem or something oh the like jesus that? problem yeah Isn't that's right the jesus problem? yeah yeah it's a jesus yeah is it a christian movie yeah it's, it's a christian movie. <laughs> i couldn't tell like i was looking it's, it's it a faith-based movie i guess yeah so it's strange it made a ton of money and i was looking at the artwork and i couldn't tell if it was like a college comedy with a, just a weird name or if it was a, a, right. a christian film or what but he really wanted to do half baked, which couldn't be more different. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, that's awesome. Um, you got another really cool project called 57 Seconds with the legendary Morgan Freeman and Josh Hutchinson. Can you do a Morgan Freeman impression? I don't think I can. No, I don't think I can do a Morgan. How about you? Can you do one? No, I can't. <laughs> I, can't. I have to practice on that one. And he's, he's, his voice is interesting because you think it's going to be big and booming like the sound of God. I, this is the second movie I did with him and the first one I did with him. I was yeah. super surprised because he speaks so low, but it sounds obviously exactly so like Morgan. Right. It's just like his, the tone of his voice, the resonance hits the microphone in like a magical way. Because even when we play it back in the editing room, it's just like his voice booms compared to everybody else who's actually talking louder than him. So he's got some kind of magic going on. Then, wow. I mean, I read the synopsis that Basically, you go back 50 sec 57 seconds in time? 57 seconds in time, yeah. Time? Okay. It, and it's, it's based on a short story okay. uh, by a British author named E.C. Tubbs. The short story was actually republished, and Stephen King published a novel called, uh, I was like, the 20 best science fiction stories of all time or something like that. And this was one of the stories that he selected. It's like a 50-page short story. 
And it was 57 seconds in the short story. They never say a reason why it's 57 seconds, but it is. Mm-hmm. And um, Josh finds this ring, which gives him the ability to do that. And he, he quickly uses it to kind of find his way into the upper echelon of society. Um, but then as quick as he got there, it starts causing problems in his life and leads to a downroll spiral. And there's a question of him coming into the possession of the ring. If it was, uh, if there's forces beyond him that gave that ring to him, cause he thinks he, he thinks, and we, we know he just finds it cause we see him find it, but why does he find it? It's kind of the question. It's a really cool sci-fi romp. Cool concept. If you yeah. could turn back 57 seconds of something you've done in the past, what would you choose? <laughs> we had a lot of those conversations when we were writing the script. <laughs> Pretty much like every Tuesday, we'd hop on a call for an hour and be like, what, what would you do with this thing? You go to the casino. Yeah, for sure. You go to the casino. Um, go to the casino, right? You do a lot you of things. on black and then you go to red. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do a ton of stuff. You probably right. die a few times in the process, but as long as you can touch the ring before you take your last breath, you're good. Yeah. Wow. Talk about like cheating life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure uh, some of the characters in Devil's Peak could have uh, benefited from a 57 second ring, right? Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah. That would be a, you know, if both these movies are a smash. Maybe we'll do a mashup. Dude, that sounds pretty dark. So different in tone. So that would be really weird. <laughs> like totally, they couldn't be more different. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now you got. Um, Daniel Deadweiler from Till in a film you're doing called It's Time. What can you tell us about that project? You know, It's Time, I acted in, and I was on that set for a long time. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what's going on with that movie. Honestly, they called okay. me up, they cast me in a cool role. I'm always with the same cats, and I was there forever. There was, I mean, that movie, I, I can't even tell you what's up with that movie, because we shot like half of it, and then we went away for uh-huh. like, six months and they call me back and they're like, Hey, we're reshooting the movie. And I show up and the assistant director is now directing the picture. I don't know what happened to the original director. Like, <laughs> I'm not producing that movie. I'm just acting in it. But it's acting like, this that way. was a really cool story about college football. And one of the players who had died kind of similar to DeMar uh, Hamilton. Um, it was a very mm. similar situation that happened in college. And it was a, it was a great script. It is a great script. I just have, I think it was an ESPN film. I just don't know what the hell's going on with that. It was such a weird thing in production with shutting down and coming back. And then I haven't yeah. heard that picture, but I hope it comes out. It's a good story worth, worth being told. Yeah. And of course uh, you got Daniel uh, Deadweiler, who's, I believe she's nominated for an Oscar, right? For, for yeah, yeah. So yeah. Maybe, maybe that will inspire them to finish post-production. That was a long time ago. I mean, we're talking like 20, yeah. 2019, maybe we shot that. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that yeah, if I was a betting person in, in in the studios, I would totally, totally do that. And our guest from a couple of weeks back was um, Paul Sadu, and uh, you also uh, portrayed a character named Trip in that one? Yeah, yeah. I've done yeah. A, couple, a couple movies with Paul. We've had fun with yeah. that one in Mexico. I got sick from drinking the water. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I played a cokehead, and, and I sniffed probably a pound of powdered milk. Uh, <laughs> is that what they do in the movies Powder yeah, yeah, I really did a number on my sinuses but i, I love <laughs> it too um i've done a couple of paul. paul paul's a great a great dude another movie that i haven't seen yet because it's still in post-production but i can't wait production yeah and then deep stage is that I'm reading here is uh, on yeah. IMDb is the other one yeah deep stage is a racing movie yeah man i'm totally impressed how you are able to bounce in front of the camera and and behind the scenes as a producer 
Um, have you developed a love for one more than the other yet? I, I love, I love acting. That's, you know, that's, that's my first love. And it's, uh, I love how purely creative it is. It's like, you can really, yeah. I literally turn my phone off when I'm working, which I don't do as a producer. Obviously I carry two phones on me, but it's like, I love turning Good my idea. phone off and just being that character for the week, for the month, whatever it is, and just doing the thing. But at the same time, when I'm approaching a script as a producer or a director or whatever it is, my process is really the same. It's like I read the script 10 times. It's really just the, mm -hmm. it's really just the information that I'm trying to gather from it. It's like as an actor, I read the script 10 times to very keenly focused on that one character to figure out everything about him. Whereas as a producer, it's more about the the bigger the bigger picture the puzzle of everything it's like all these different mm -hmm. pieces and trying to figure out any problems that could arise so we can cut them off ahead of time or just start prepping things that are going to take time it's like start identifying what's going to take 12 weeks to create we have to build a set like we did for half baked we had to build these massive sets and it's like we had to start doing that before even pre-production and as an actor you don't have to worry about that which is really great to not have to worry about any of that stuff and just showing up to see what people have been working on for a year already and you just show up and you do your thing um but there's something nice about you know being involved in the whole process for the year leading up to it too i like yeah. them both. and also reading here your directorial debut was in the horror feature 30 days to die i do love I, horror yeah 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 but uh lately you you haven't done any directing lately is that something that that you'd like to revisit yeah and i and i will revisit it actually uh yeah Somebody, there was a there was a movie called The Breed with Michelle Rodriguez and um, one of the distributors who bought a bunch of the movies I directed uh, uh, in like the 2010s called me and asked me to direct that and and I am ready to uh, to hop back in the chair there I'm looking forward to it I, I love directing as well it's just it's really a supply and demand thing it's like a, it, there's a shortage it seems of good producers. And so my phone is ringing nonstop with people asking me to help them produce the project. Um, and I love making great scripts and the really good ones seem to be producing gigs recently. And I'll hop in anywhere where I'm needed to tell a story that I like. Um, but I will be getting back in the chair soon. I think the last thing I did was in like 2018, probably. So a while okay. ago. A while ago now, but I, I do miss it and I'll be back. Yeah, man. man, so so many talents, Griffin, that I'm seeing, uh, and just look at your IMDb, is pretty awesome. Now, is there a dream project left for you to produce or direct or act in? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's and what a, would that be? Would uh, it be an Animal House sequel? <laughs> yeah, well, that would. I mean, I love doing comedies. I just I haven't done yeah. a ton of them because my early work uh, tended to be the opportunities that came easy were genre. And it's right. amazing how when you do something and you do it well, everybody wants you to do that. Um, so I have a lot of sci-fi, a lot of horror. And I love those genres, don't get me wrong. But comedy, I love too. And I just recently, without fakes, produced my first comedy. So I'm hoping there's more of that. But yeah, I mean, in my mind, the the, the dream projects and the cinematic masterpieces uh, are just beginning right now. So there's there's a there's a novel that I'm working on optioning that's like, it's, every, it's everything to me. It's like... Uh, it's called American War um, by an author okay. named Omar El Akkad. It's about the second American Civil War. It takes place in 2775, near future. Um, it's a very dark political. Oh, wow. Um, 
based on the best-selling novel, one of the best novels I've ever read. Um, and so I have that project. And then I have another one with Carl Urban that we're shooting this summer in Columbia, which I also feel very strongly about. Um, so yeah, there's a, each one gets a little bigger budget and, uh, mm -hmm. which usually means that you can spend more time honing the script, more time shooting the picture. Uh, so I have a lot of, a lot of big plans in store. That's for sure. That sounds amazing. That second world war, what, what, what timeline would it be? 2075. In 2075. The novel takes place. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. what would the dispute between the so, the sides be for that one? Well, it's it's still the north and south. Still north uh, south. Okay. It's still the north and south, uh, but it's a war movie, which I love war movies. It's one of my favorite genres. Um, but it's more of a character study. Uh, a lead girl is named Surratt. Uh, we see her from when she's six years old uh, until, well, I won't spoil the ending. Um, <laughs> so we, we follow her for a good portion of her life, but it's really a character study about her. There's not a lot of warfare that's going on. That's more of the backdrop, the world building, and like the setting behind it is this whole world is broken out. It's not political in the sense where it has a point of view pitting one ideology against the other. It's more of showing how certain people become the way that they are based on their upbringing. Wow. That is something I, I, I think will just do tremendously well. Uh, that, that concept is, wow. So, I mean, uh, a little bit of I've been, a little influence of hunters. I think of hunters on Amazon. Um, oh, I haven't seen hunters. I need to check yeah, that out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good one. If, if Nazis were, were, still in contemporary times oh is that what that is i do yeah. okay cool yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up <laughs> nice. al pacino yeah it's good stuff the second okay. season just dropped but uh wow this has been a tremendous uh griff thank you so much for talking to us here on below the belt show um shout out to charles sherman of course who uh set this up for us uh who uh, set up also Paul Sadu uh, for a couple of weeks, which is awesome. Your your, your buddy and colleague um, in two films that you guys are doing. Um, so before we end the, uh, the interview, if you could let us know who you are, uh, throw out a plug for your upcoming films and Devil's Peak, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Okay, so you want me to do like a little uh, like a little, little station, uh, a little promo, yeah. So, okay, tell me tell me what give me give me tell me what to say because it's late. Sure, yeah. I, I'm Griff first. You may know me from this and that. You might have seen me th produce this and that. And make sure you check out Devil's Peak. And then maybe a catchphrase or whatever at the end. Okay, cool. This is Griff first on Below the Belt. I'm an actor in Magnificent Seven. You've probably seen me in Banshee. And I just produced Devil's Peak, which is out now on Amazon Prime and Roku. So check that out. Nice. <laughs> that's dope yeah banshee another great show by the way fantastic work on that us happy enough to do some background work on that one uh, uh, i love banshee that's a good one yeah banshee's a, a fantastic for sure fantastic show yeah um, you know there's and, this uh, uh there's this whole uh like i love like this uh like uh like ska reggae kind of sublimish uh genre there's so many cool bands doing that out of Maryland. I'm always like, because nobody really does that except Sublime. And then like these 10 bands that are in Maryland. I don't know what happened to Maryland, but all the good yeah. bands. Yeah. Kind of niche. You're genre. right. Ballyhoo is one of them. I think that. that Ballyhoo, kind of, there's Bump. Yeah. 
there's uh there's so many of them that are from maryland it's like what happened yeah. in maryland where they just love this genre of music but that's cool you're right yeah the <laughs> sublime room and yeah the valley who it and it, it's a good genre yeah, it's a good genre, no doubt. Wow, and of course, Magnificent Seven. My God, surreal, man. That that's that must have been a career highlight for you. Oh, this is fun. This is a fun show. I mean, it, it went on forever. Like that was like the show yeah. that never ended. Like they they called me. I was supposed to be there for two weeks, and like three months later, I'm like, all right, I guess I guess I live in this Western village now because they're never gonna right. they're never gonna cut me loose. Yeah, <laughs> that is amazing. Wow, Griff, thanks so much, man. Um, audiences, please check out Devil's Peak. On all your favorite streaming platforms, uh, and still in theaters and some it is some yeah, theaters, right? By my house in LA, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, Griff, thank you so much for joining us right, here on uh, Below the Belt Show. Great interview. Yeah, thanks for having me. See you soon. See ya. Take care. Bye-bye. It has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.